How high will the rookies be picked tonight? What round will the tight end run begin? And which of these three leagues truly sets the FFPC ADP? Join us tonight for two solid hours of live pick-by-pick draft coverage of the first FFPC 150 Classic Leagues of the season. The Genesis, the Revelations, and the Apocalypse Leagues. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hours starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. No, hell no. It's still my ringtone. Free car watch. Had to clean up the dot. Give back when I can. Just play my part. Church folks had a fist fry. Mustard. Hot salt. Light bread. Fist fry. Love for the big guy. Hit the park. Blowing. Showing off their house. Nappy roof on the radio. And you know it about last night. to hit the big three. Boss the Air Force One. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. He's Dave Gerzak. I'm Eric Balkman. Welcome into two hours of draft coverage on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight, Genesis, Revelations, and Apocalypse. If you want to follow the streaming draft boards, you can. YouTube.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football. Not going to tell you how to get in touch with us. I'm not going to tell you anything about our social networks because we got to get going. We've already got four picks in uh, to the Genesis draft, which we're kicking off tonight with our first of three live draft coverages. Um, so here's, here's the draft order for the Genesis draft tonight. Stuart Keen, LOB 26er, is drafting first tonight. Followed up are Mike and Todd Aaron, the mad genius of, of, uh, of, of football. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve picking third under the name Truth Warrior Supreme 26er tonight. Dustin Hayek is beast, and he is appropriately hitting cleanup tonight, uh, drafting fourth. Then we got a pair of brothers. Brent Studebaker, stud dynasty 26er, is fifth. Brian Studebaker, the real man of genius, is sixth. The half-million FFPC playoff challenge champ Austin Martin is drafting seventh uh, under the team name See What Happens, same team name he had for his playoff challenge championship. The fake tree huggers, owned by Biplab Mandel, picking eighth. Last year's defending champ of the Genesis League, Fantasy Dum Dums 26er, that's Robert Marshall. And then Jake Valiche and Clint Ostermiller have combined to form 26 Packer. They're picking 10th tonight at Todd from PA. Todd Burroughs is drafting 11th. And uh, Kaz of the North, the 26er, Brad Kazema, is picking 12th tonight. We are halfway through the first round. And, uh, well, first, let's welcome in the Dizzle. Sorry, uh, I had to cut you off on, on the intro, but we, gotta, we had to get going with the coverage tonight. Hey, that's great. Um, just happy that we didn't have 10 minutes of promos. Yeah, well, that was I can't do that tonight. Well, the other thing to keep in mind tonight, and this is going to be a breakneck pace, 60-second draft clock for these classics this year. So, we're, oh, we're, yeah, it's going to fly by. Let's talk about what's going on in the draft here, Dave, uh, as uh, Stuart Keene kicked things off with Christian McCaffrey. No surprise from the Aarons as they take Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott is the next running back off the board to Kern Reeve. And then Alvin Kamara goes to Dustin Hayek at the four spot. Dalvin Cook at five. No real surprises there, uh, I guess, as uh, Brent Studebaker takes him. Uh, And then... uh, 
Um, you have Kenyon Draco off the board to real man of genius. That's Brian Studebaker. He takes Michael Tom- or he takes Kenyon Drake, and then the first wide receiver goes off the board. That's Austin Martin taking Michael Thomas. Tight ends uh, have been broken here as uh, team eight. That is Biplab Mandel, who's apparently changed his team name to 69. <laughs> Biplab takes Travis Kelsey there, and then Travis Kelsey's real life teammate. Uh, Tyreek Hill goes to the defending champ, Robert Marshall's fantasy dum-dum. So let's break this down here. I don't think we necessarily need to talk about the top five picks here as much as we should talk about that number six pick, Dave. Kenyon Drake, is he a guy that you'd be comfortable taking at the 106 if you were drafting in this format, uh, considering the running backs that were already off the board? Uh, I'd probably look a different direction, uh, but it doesn't – I mean, I was actually a little surprised. I thought maybe there was a chance he could get him in the second, but I looked at Drake's ADP, and it's near the end of the first. So if you like Drake, that's where you got to take him. And I, I think clear, clearly what we can say is Brian Studebaker loves the Drake. He loves the Drake, taking he, he him does. at I mean, 106. Yeah, I mean, the risk with Drake is he has this, you know, kind of a little bit of a limited area of production. And so you're really going off of that, and you're kind of assuming he's going to produce the same way. What could happen is you run into the same thing that happened to Damian Williams last year. You know, he had that limited run of good production the year before. Right. And then this past year was pretty awful until the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, yeah. What about um, when you look at uh, uh, the backups there? You know, they drafted Eno Benjamin. I believe he was a fifth-round pick. and then they Might have been seventh. Seventh round for I, Eno I Benjamin? I could be wrong. Okay. Too, but... Well, day three in any event. Right. Uh, and then you have – you still have um, the other kid there. Chase Edmonds. Thank you, Chase Edmonds. I knew it was Chase something. Uh, as the backup, are either of those guys threats to make this a committee, in your opinion, or is it the Drake show there as, as he should be a three-down bell cow back, in your opinion? It doesn't seem to me. I mean, Edmonds actually is an all right, is an all right player, but, you know, it does you – know, they cleared the board. They got rid of David Johnson. So, it, and if the offense is improved, uh, you know, Drake should have a good season, assuming he stays healthy and everything like that. I mean, it, it, when you look at the possibilities, uh, it does make some sense. Uh, and you, the thing is, they're not going to run the offense with Kyler Murray – they're not going to run it like Lamar Jackson, or at least it doesn't appear that way. So you don't have as much of a rushing concern. I mean, with Lamar Jackson, that's always a concern there, although they did run it for a zillion yards. Yeah, um, that's true. But, uh, yeah, it seems like it seems like Drake, I mean, if their offense is really a top 10, he could be, could be pretty good. Robert Marshall selects Tyreek Hill at the 109 tonight, Dave. Second receiver off the board. Is he the second receiver off the board in your mind after Michael Thomas, uh, considering what, what we should see in Kansas City this year as they try to defend the Super Bowl title? Well, to me, I, I would look at either Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. I maybe would omit Hopkins because he's moving to a new team. There's a little bit of uncertainty there. Uh, I might. Julio doesn't enter the conversation, Julio Jones? Not for me quite that early in redraft, but um, that's just my take. Okay. I would probably. I don't normally draft Devontae Adams, but I might actually draft Adams in this case as the second wide receiver. He seems pretty safe. There was actually an article on Roto World, I think it was Roto World today, about Devontae Adams potentially leading the NFL in targets this year uh, because Michael Thomas obviously has to uh, fend off Emmanuel Sanders and you'll have uh, Alvin Kamara uh, all season long. Uh, And then Tyreek Hill, obviously they re-signed Watkins. You have Hardman coming back. Um, obviously Kelsey and now uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire to deal with too. So I don't know. I, I think that's, that's something interesting that we'll, uh, we'll talk about going forward. Derek Henry uh, goes to a 26 packer uh, after the Tyreek Hill pack. 26 packer is Jake Felice and Clint Ostermiller. Uh, Joe Mixon right after him. And then Devonte Adams, the aforementioned Devonte Adams ends round one. We have three receivers off the board, one tight end and the rest were all running backs in round one. You know, 
the Chasing the Helmet podcast, Dave, which I think uh, the next episode you will appear on, um, Scott Connor has talked about how uh, he's a lot of these early best balls in FFPC, he's seen it go so heavy, running back heavy early. And um, I, I was thinking like, well, that is true. But once we get to these classics and the Football Guys Players Championships, which you can register for at myffpc.com, um, I'm still seeing a ton of running backs go off the board. Yeah, you know, I facilitated one earlier this week, and I feel like the first 10 picks were all running backs before Michael Thomas went at 111. And this isn't just the first round. I'm seeing a lot of running backs go uh, in the first round this year. Certainly a trend that we will be following, no question. Uh, George Kittle, the first pick off the board in the second round here at the 201. Two Cavs of the North, followed by DeAndre Hopkins. I think you made a, a really good point about Hopkins shifting to a new team. Um, you know, his efficiency was down last year, but his he put up crazy numbers again. And I, and I do believe he'll put up good numbers again this year, enough to justify late first or early second round pick. I don't know, but certainly uh, Todd Burroughs thinks he will, uh, will as he picked him as the second player off the board. Miles Sanders, let's talk about this. Because, Dave, for the longest time, the Eagles running back situation has been a running back by committee. But they didn't really do anything in free agency. I know they just re-upped or they, they re-signed Corey Clement. Uh, and they didn't really touch it in the draft. So it's like Miles Sanders and Boston Scott is, is the one guy behind there. Miles Sanders could have a breakout season this year. And as crazy as it seems to see him go at the 203, I've been seeing him go in the middle of the first rounds too. Miles Sanders, is that a player you want to get in business with uh, in the first or second rounds this year? Um, I probably lean a little bit of a different direction. Nothing against Sanders personally. I just, I don't trust Philadelphia's offensive whether it's the scheme, the coordinator, the coach, when is the last time? And I'm sure there's, you're going to be able to say something, but it, do they have anyone that's, I mean, other than Ertz, but at wide receiver or running back, it just seems like it's always a quagmire. There's never, right. the production is just not there. It's just a bust. Kind of like the Detroit running game. It's like, okay, you got carry on Johnson, you know, you got, who is this, DeAndre Swift. So now you have to deal with that. It just seems like it's just a mess. So I, it's almost like the new Patriots. And although Although that's possible that Sanders becomes the bell cow and all that stuff, I do have, you have to pay a first-round pick for to, to find out if that's the case. I'm going to let someone else make that okay. pick. I mean, if you look at Josh Jacobs goes around that spot, Josh Jacobs doesn't have that concern. I mean, the Raiders are, you know, he's the guy, right? The Raiders are pretty straightforward. Gruden's stupid looking. and everything. He's going to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, Jacobs is great. Man, and that's stupid, man. Yeah, he, he's just going to do that. So, <laughs> I mean, it just seems like Sanders, I just don't trust Sanders. Okay. All right, well, uh, that is the running back, running back start for um, Jake Belisha and Clint Ostermiller there uh, sitting in the 10 spot. Chris Godwin is the fourth receiver, fifth receiver off the board, excuse me, as he goes to Marshall. Marshall, the only team to start uh, wide receiver, wide receiver in this draft. Biplab Mandel takes Josh Jacobs to go with Travis Kelsey. Austin Eckler off the board to Austin Martin, uh, right in the middle of the first round to pair with Michael Thomas. And then we have three straight teams um, uh, begin the draft with uh, two running backs. Kenyon Drake goes in the first round uh, to uh, Brian Studebaker, and then he follows it up with Aaron Jones. Dalvin Cook goes in the first round to Brent Studebaker. He follows it up with Nick Chubb. Um, Dustin Hayek takes Alvin Kamara in the first round. Now he gets Leonard Fournette, who just had his fifth-year option declined by Jacksonville today. Uh, more on that in a second. Julio Jones and Mike Evans then uh, off the board is the final two, or the, um, the, uh, the 210 and the 211 in the second round. And then the final pick. Of the second round, is Mark Andrews going to Stuart Keene? Interesting stuff there as he starts running back tight end. 
Uh, we should have him on the show and talk to him about that sometime. More on that later. All right, so let's talk about Austin Eckler, Dave. 206 for Eckler, for a guy who was among the top running backs last year, no Melvin Gordon this year. Uh, they still have Justin Jackson. They added uh, Joshua Harris, a uh, running back out of UCLA, in the fourth round of this year's draft. But seems to be Eckler's backfield. Um, is he a guy that you would trust with a mid-second round pick, given that he doesn't necessarily have the body of a running back that you would invest that much draft capital into? Uh, I probably would go a different direction and nothing against him, but uh, without Phillip Rivers there, you know, dry, doing all the drop-off passes, uh, how, how good is the team going to be? I really don't know. I mean, again, it goes, it's the second round, and it goes back to all the uncertainty, and there's still a lot of uncertainty around that team. Right, that's true, it is. And, and we don't know, like, is it going to be um, Tyrod Taylor? Is it going to be Justin Herbert? And I think that, that'll dictate how much action Austin Eckler gets. The one thing I will say about Eckler is um, – he got paid, uh, and they clearly want him to be a big part of their offense going forward. He's and maybe, a damn good football player. Maybe, and maybe he's the type of guy that carries that offense while Tyrod Taylor is, is not zinging it all over the field like Phillip Rivers, and while Justin Herbert is, is still learning the NFL. That's a possibility as well. Um, who else did I want to talk about here? Mark Andrews over Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz goes in the third round. Mark Andrews goes at the 212. Zach Ertz for the last – four or five years has been among the most targeted tight ends in fantasy football. Mark Andrews obviously had a big time 2019 season, but Dave, is that enough for you to want to take Andrews over Ertz or would you be betting on the consistency and the experience? I'd probably still lean towards Ertz. He still is the, you know, the alpha dog there. I know you have Dallas Goddard Uh, and Andrews to me, I own him in a few leagues and I liked him a lot, but he seems like he fell off at points. You know, last season he had a bunch of games where he just didn't do all that great. I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. So he was 64 catches, 852 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns on 98 targets. So there's a lot of games last year. He had that really strong start. And in fact, the first seven weeks, he had between seven and nine targets every week. But then after that, week nine, three targets. Week 11, four targets. Week 12, three targets. Week 14, three targets. I don't want to draft a player that has three and four targets halfway through the season and beyond, when you have a limited passing game with Lamar Jackson, they don't throw it all that much. They run it all the time. In the red zone, Lamar Jackson's looking to get the ball. Otherwise, they're going to give it to Ingram. Or Ertz, they drafted J.K. Dobbins this year, too. Yeah, you have to have J.K. Dobbins versus Philly. You know, Ertz is still the guy between the 20s, but also in the red zone. They do look to him as well. I keep hearing that Dallas Goddard's going to overtake him. Goddard's going to overtake him. And it hasn't happened the last two years. And I'm not sure if it's on pace to happen this year either. I don't see how – I don't see it. I mean – I don't see how that's possible at all. All right. So a guy who, uh, who kicks off the third round here, Todd Gurley, uh, who is going to uh, Stuart Keene as his number two running back. Wow, McCaffrey and Gurley. Can you imagine uh, what that backfield would have been like two years ago? Um, Todd Gurley has is, is obviously had the knee issues. The Rams end up cutting him, and he signs on with Atlanta, which should have a pretty high-powered offense uh, this season with Matt Ryan, Jones, Ridley, um, Hayden Hurst there as well. Uh, you look at Todd Gurley, Dave. We we don't necessarily trust his knee, but at the at the in the third round as your second running back, upside there is going to be tough to ignore. Yeah, I actually really like that pick. I'm starting to like Gurley this year because really the only concern you have, you don't have a concern about the offense, assuming that you know Ryan stays healthy. You don't have a concern about Gurley's production, assuming he stays healthy. So really, all you're worried about is the knee. Right. And other if you, if his knee stays healthy, I mean he has top five running back potential. Or even top three potential, you know, like he's like in the past, it's possible. And even if, 
his knee ha- it gets a little bit bad or he struggles a little bit, he could still return value at that spot. I, I like Gurley. I think there's a lot of upside. Not, I mean, some downside, but not too crazy. you got to believe Atlanta's going to want to manage him as well, uh, too. They're not going to give him heavy touches the way that he was getting two or three years ago. Uh, so nice little pick there for Stuart Keen. Zach Ertz. Uh, off the board to the errands after that, the mad genius of football. Lamar Jackson cracks the uh, the quarterbacks tonight as he's the first one off the board at the 303 to Hudson Kern Reeve. And then we finally get a rookie off the board. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has slipped a little bit, Dave. This is a guy, and, and uh, Dustin Hayek takes him here tonight as his third running back. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, after the NFL draft, and, and I would say this was even happening in drafts on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, the one-two turn, I, I kept seeing him consistently go there. That is really aggressive, but it's the Kansas City offense, and they could add any running back they wanted. They chose Edwards Lair, and now he's going to be, probably should be the front end of the combo there, um, and potentially a three-down guy over Damian Williams. Yeah, the, the thing is, when people are making these draft picks, this is not a normal offseason. There may not even be training camp until August 25th, for all we know. So how exactly is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or any rookie, especially at the wide receiver position, right. going to beat out the incumbent? I mean, Damian Williams is not a total loser. He's not a complete piece of crap. Uh, so I would really – I'd be very cautious about – you know, I think this pick here with him at this spot isn't bad because it actually is kind of where I feel like where he should go is a little bit later. I mean, that early, the early one-two turn is kind of ridiculous in a way. Who do you like better this year, Gurley or Edwards-Hilaire? Gurley. Gurley, okay. All right, let's go to the phone lines. I'm going to head out to the 817 right now as we're having the live Genesis draft coverage. Who is this? You're on the HSFF Hour. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Dustin. It's Beast. Hey, Beast, what's going on? Dustin Hayek, who's uh, picking fourth tonight. How do you like how the draft's falling in for you so far? Oh, it's gone okay. It's gone okay. I uh, just heard you guys talking about that uh, CEH pick and uh, – I just couldn't uh, hold back. Had to roll the dice there. Too much upside in the offense. Yeah. So where where you could you took Leonard Fournette in the second round? Did it did it come down to Fournette and Edwards Hilaire for you there? And then uh, you just realized, look, I'm I'm not going to pass this guy up again in the third. No, no, not at all. Um, I really didn't even like Fournette there. It was just he was the best of what was left. So you know sometimes you've got to just. Uh, close your eyes and make that pick even though you don't like it but yeah I just figured I needed another running back there I wanted to go running back running back running back to kick it off and he was the best of what was left uh, I really wasn't even targeting Hilaire until he was there available in the third and uh, again just looking at what was left around him I just thought the upside was too hard to uh, resist and you know I don't expect much of him early in the season he'll probably be sitting on my bench but by the end of the season he could be a league winner Dustin Hayek, uh, one of the 26ers joining us here on the uh, FFPC uh, Genesis live draft coverage here on the HSFA Power. Now, Dustin, you said that you, you were planning on, on starting off with three straight running backs. Have you noticed this season that the running backs, it seems like there's a resurgence this year and people are really putting a big-time uh, big focus on them. That's why you wanted to make sure you got three good ones right away? Yeah, yeah. I think that's been building up over like the last – pretty much the last three years and it just uh that that hasn't slowed down at all it just seems like when you look back you know even at 2019 and look at some of these teams that won consistently week over week I mean it was the teams that had you know the McCaffrey's and the uh you know just were stacked at running back and had the running backs that catch passes so I just feel like you know if history repeats itself and we look at those trends the more of those guys you take shots at the better 
that's what made Fournette a little bit tough. He did actually catch quite a few passes last year, but, um, you know, I don't know if he can repeat that again this year. And to your point, you know, uh, you know, he, I guess he's in a, he's in a make or break situation. So let's see what they, what they give him and, uh, how it goes this year. And he, he could overperform based on where he's going in ADP as well. Go ahead. Let me just ask you, I mean, so with Thunder Fournette, I mean, maybe, you know, Balky after, after Dustin responds, maybe you can too. I mean, with, I know they declined his fifth-year option. I mean, what is? Did you, anyone, anyone have any idea what Jacksonville's problems with Fournette? I mean, he seems he's been productive. He seems like he's been playing like a running back should play pretty all right. I mean, does he have some unrealistic contract demands? Anybody, anybody know? Any, any idea? Man, I wish I had an answer for you on that. I was, I would just be guessing. All I can figure out is they they came to the conclusion that they maybe took him a little too high. And uh, you know should have should have done a little something different with that pick in the draft. I think he went what like fifth or sixth overall or somewhere up in the top ten, which is really high for a running back. And you know um, that's all I can figure out is maybe they they've uh, decided that uh, you know they should have done something a little different there, and they're they're kind of uh, you know um, I, I don't know maybe not yeah, wanting to extend point. him and pay the money that he's going to be worth. <laughs> You know, and Jacksonville seems to have a recent history of drafting players high and then have a falling out with them. Yeah. You know, I don't think Blake Bortles is a great example, but Jalen Ramsey, uh, the guy right now, Yannick uh, Ngakwe, who wants out of there big time. Dante Fowler was gone. Allen Robinson left, and now it looks like Fournette is on his way out as well. It just seems to me that uh, for whatever reason, people – Maybe they're a bunch of assholes. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's, that's certainly what do you think? I mean, Maybe that's the problem. If they're run by a-holes, that's not a good organization. Hey, hey, Dustin, um, you are coming up here on the clock. In fact, uh, you may have already made your pick here, but who are you looking at at the 409 after you start off with Camara, Fournette, and CEH? Yeah, let's, let's make this pick on the clock. I'm looking, looking at it now. And uh, let's see. We're going to swap over to tight end. Tight end is uh, drying up quick. And uh, I'm going to roll the dice on Hooper and his new landing spot in Cleveland. They paid him enough money. Surely they're going to use him. And uh, let's just hope him and Baker make a quick connection. As you mentioned, it's going to be a short, short offseason. So let's just hope that comes together real quick. Dustin Hayek, ladies and gentlemen, start off with three running backs. He's got a tight end, and he'll be pounding uh, receivers here shortly in what should be a pretty deep wide receiver draft. Dustin, uh, we we got to fly to our next guest here, but thanks so much for checking in. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the draft, man. Hey, yeah, thanks thanks for taking my call, guys. And just before uh, before the interviews are over, I mean, someone one of the twenty sixers has to discuss, you know, uh, two packer <laughs> hopping in the Genesis uh, league last year, and uh, I'll leave it to one of my boys to discuss it, but. Uh, you know, we we have to cover that before the night's over. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. That will that will be a topic of conversation, Dustin. I, I will I will not let I will not turn a blind eye to that. <laughs> All right. Well, Dustin, well, thanks, guys. Y'all are the best in the business, and uh, it's an honor to play with you. Thanks for taking my call today. Thank you. All right. Thanks, bud. Honor to uh, to hear from him, Dustin Hayek tonight, nice. drafting out of the four spot in the Genesis. Let's uh, in the so, Genesis draft. Go so ahead. I don't Dave. have much of a concern though about like a player like Austin Hooper, like a veteran that switches teams. Uh, you know, maybe she doesn't know the playbook. They're not running, you know, not running practices and stuff like that. Right. But he can learn the playbook. He can get, he can figure it out. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm like a rookie who hasn't even been through training camp. Never, never been in the NFL before. Austin Hooper has. I right, get it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the 803 now and, and welcome in our next guest. You are on the air with uh, Balky and Dave. Who is this? Balky, Dave. This is Stud Dynasty. How are y'all? 
Hey, it's good to hear from you, man. Drafting out of the five spot tonight, and uh, you got you, you've been pretty balanced so far. Cook and Chubb, Galladay and Sutton. Was that the plan going in? Yeah, I wanted to get two two quality running backs, and then try to come right back and get two one uh, number one receivers and build my team off that depth. I, I you know I just look at this too. Where would you were you looking at just taking whatever was left between Kamara and Cook at, at the five? Yeah, Beast actually. He, I was, I was eyeing uh, Kamara, but he took him. But I'm just as happy with Dalvin Cook. I'm, I would just want to talk about your fourth round pick here uh, briefly, Brent. As as we look at Cortland Sutton uh, playing on a team that's suddenly flush with weapons. You know, obviously Noah Fant was already there, but now they have KJ Hamler. Jerry Judy joins uh, the team. Uh, do you think Cortland Sutton is still going to be finishing at the top of the Broncos wide receivers as far as fantasy points goes this season? I do. He's, he's got a good connection with Drew Locke. Um, you bring in Judy, y'all were talking about it earlier. Rookies are going to have uh, – they're going to be behind the eight ball coming into this season. Um, I expect uh, Noah Font to put up numbers, better numbers than he did last year. But Sutton's the big target. Drew Locke loves him. Um, having Judy help uh, – come underneath and stretch the field with Sutton, I think it's just going to improve his numbers uh, that he had with Locke at the end of the year last year. Brent Studebaker joining the HSFF Hours coverage of the FFPC Genesis draft here. And, and Brent, you're coming up on a pick here. Uh, I think you're, uh, you're about to be on the clock if you're, if you're not already. We have um, seven tight ends off the board. Are you looking at that position here? Are you going to let that go and, and see what happens and, and falls to you in the six? What are you thinking here at this uh, 505 pick? I'm going to let the tight end fall to, or keep falling. It, to me, if you don't have a uh, Kittle, um, Kelsey, you might as well just wait. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna take a jump and take a T.J. Hawkinson or somebody. I mean, I, I'll, I'll wait. My mindset wise on it. Brent, as you uh, look at this draft board tonight um, and and kind of take it all in, is his. You know, I know you, you your buddies with all the 26ers, obviously. So it's tough to be surprised. But has there been any surprises uh, in this draft that? as far as trends or as far as a player slipping or, or you know, getting overdrafted, in, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I think uh, real man of genius, or I'll call him real dummy of genius, because uh, that Kenyon Drake at 1.06 is the biggest shocker you'll see all year. He has potential to win a league for you and be top five, but that's, uh, that's pretty ballsy what he did. Um, th- that's the biggest shocker to me. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. I will, and we'll cover Revelations here shortly to to see you know where he went in that league. But that was a bit of a surprise. All right, so you're on the clock right now. Cook and Chubb as running back. You have Galladay and Sutton, and uh, looks like you're going to go with another receiver here, Brent. Yeah, I went with uh, DK Metcalf. Um, in a redraft league, I like the big tall receivers, and he came on strong with Russell Wilson. Um, I'm looking for points. I probably should have went running back. But, I mean, I'm not going to pass up a 15 to 20 point per per game with Metcalf's upside. Um, I think with uh, Carson banged up, you got Penny banged up. They didn't do anything in the offseason. Maybe they finally let Wilson throw the ball a lot more. 
Brent, listen, man, I appreciate you chiming in with us tonight. I'll let you get back to your draft. Good luck in all your leagues uh, this season. Have fun with the rookie drafts coming up here uh, shortly as well. And uh, I know you'll dominate. I know you'll do well. Uh, and enjoy the rest of the drafting season, man. All righty. Thank you all for having me on. Brent Studebaker, stud dynasty himself, drafting from the five spot in the Genesis League tonight. Always good to hear from him. Uh, Kenny Galladay went off the board after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Kenny Galladay going at the 305 spot tonight. Jonathan Taylor, the second uh, rookie running back and uh, the third straight running back, uh, goes to uh, real man of genius. That's uh, Brian Studebaker as he goes. Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor to start. Pat Mahomes right after that uh, to Austin Martin, followed by DJ Moore, Le'Veon Bell, and Amari Cooper. And then you have a pair of uh, running backs, former first-round picks, slipping to the late third tonight. David Johnson at the 3.11, Melvin Gordon at the 3.12. As we uh, continue on, Dave, a huge, huge receiver uh, run here in the fourth round. Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham uh, kick things off. Wow, Odell Beckham has a fourth-round pick. Just crazy to uh, to think. James Conner, uh, right after that, to the 26-packer uh, franchise. Then you have five straight receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster, then A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, right after that, followed by Cooper Cup, and then Cortland Sutton, who we talked about with Brent Studebaker earlier. Uh, then it was uh, Austin Hooper and a pair, excuse me, a trio of running backs to finish off the fourth round. That's Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and Chris Carton. Okay, so let's talk about this right here. Dave, I know you're not a big Beckham fan, but at the 402, can you get on board with that, given the receivers that were already off the board, or would you still be shying away? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, there's, there's risk with Beckham, and there's so much upside. I'm just looking at the players that came after him. I probably would have gone a different direction. For, you know, if I, I'm just guessing that that's how I would have gone. I just don't – Beckham needs to have more than, like, two seasons and – more two good seasons and more than one in the last five years that in order for me to take him, I just don't try. I still just don't trust him. Move, let's let's talk about the end of the of the fourth round here. Um, Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift, a pair of running backs, which, uh, rookie running backs. Which one do you like better for redraft purposes this year? Is it Akers out uh, in Los Angeles or DeAndre Swift in Motor City running with Carryon Johnson? It's uh, actually a really good question. Um, Oh man, I think I would lean towards Acres, and that is more of an indictment of Henderson not emerging or proving himself or doing much of anything last year. Still have to deal with Malcolm Brown too, by the way. So that's another consideration. If Kerryon Johnson is healthy, you know, he and Swift—they're actually kind of similar backs. And uh, again, I don't know that DeAndre Swift's going to take that job from him right away, if if at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think he does. Um... But here's the thing I know about Carryon Johnson. That dude runs so hard, and he gets banged up a lot. And I just feel like that might be all that Swift needs to sort of become the 1A in that backfield and start touching the ball 15 to 20 times a game. You know what I discovered this week? This is a you know, personal story. Is that, you know, I keep saying, remember I said in the past I have Carryon Johnson on one of my dynasty right. teams. Actually, I don't. I traded him last year. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm very happy about it. Who did, do you remember who you got for him or no? It was like it was a receiver like a Stephon Diggs or somebody like oh, that. Oh, even better. Yeah, I it was around. It was one of those types of okay. guys. But yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, it's great. We're well. We are to the end of the fifth round here. I'm going to take you through it. A pair of tight ends kick things off with Stuart Keen uh, drafting his second tight end, Darren Waller, at the 501, and then uh, Mike and Todd Aaron getting their second tight end uh, with Evan Ingram at the 502. So now we will we should start seeing some of the tight ends get pushed up, or maybe these guys continue to let them slip. It's it's always difficult when one team takes 
uh, two tight ends in the top five rounds. Now we have two teams doing it. Devin Singletary is the third running back drafted by Kern Reeve, followed by Kareem Hunt, the fourth running back uh, taken by Dustin Hayek tonight. You heard the DK Metcalf pick live on the air with Brent Studebaker. Brian Studebaker follows it up with Devontae Parker to go with his Cooper Cup. So those are his starting two receivers to go along with a trio of high-volume running backs. Raheem Mostert is the second running back off the board to Austin Martin. And then you have Robert Woods um, being the third receiver uh, selected by Biplab Mandel there. Hunter Henry is going to be Robert Marshall's uh, tight end here, a starting tight end, as he goes off the board. That is pick 509. Calvin Ridley is the number two receiver for Atlanta. He's the number two receiver for 26 Packer. Uh, that is, of course, uh, Jake Valish and uh, Clint Ostermiller. Valish, we're going to mention, he's not in Revelation tonight, but he is the defending champ uh, of that league. So congrats to him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery finish off the round. So let's let's talk here, Dave. And I'm going to go all the way back to that 501 pick. Um, it, it's going to escape me. I was trying to remember this earlier today, but Oakland drafts Henry Ruggs uh, as the first receiver off the board this year. Then they go with uh, Brian Edwards later on, a guy that's come up again and again on this show as a rookie to watch out for. They also take another receiver. They took three, and I, that's, his name is escaping me, whoever that receiver was. They went with, of their first four picks in the 2020 NFL draft, they selected three wide receivers. And I'm kind of curious how you think that affects Darren Waller's stock this year. Maybe, maybe for Dynasty it's, it's not so great for him. But if you're right with these rookies facing a pretty stiff learning curve, you know, trying to get in and, and get acclimated to the NFL, maybe Waller's becoming a bargain, a guy who is one of the top finishers at, F at tight end in the FFPC scoring last year. Now you can get him off the board at the 501. Seems like a pretty good value to me. I, yeah, I like Darren Waller quite a bit, actually. I think he's a, that's a good pick there. Uh, I don't, it's a good pick in general. I don't know that I'm, uh, I don't know that I'm a huge fan of the roster construction uh, that he's doing with, uh, with Stuart Keen at the one spot. Yeah. It, yeah again, okay. not, not totally trying to dog on his draft. I just you know there's no yellow on his team yet. So that's a concern. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I think I probably would have gone different directions a little bit, but yeah, I like Waller quite a bit. Uh, you know, comparatively, I'm not as big of a fan of taking Evan Ingram that he's recovering from the off season and stuff. And you already had Ertz, so I'm not really um, not as big a fan of that. Okay, all right. Well, good stuff there. Let's go to some good stuff from the 803. We're going to head out there. What is up? You are on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Balky and Dave. Who is this? Hey, guys. This is Brian Studebaker, real man of genius. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good. We're going to back-to-back Studebakers on the show tonight, which I always appreciate. Uh, Brian, how's the draft falling <laughs> in for you? Is it going according to plan? You guys share minutes on your phone? Did you just pass the phone over? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even know where he's at. I think he's. Uh, I think he may be hanging out with a girlfriend or something tonight. So, um, yeah, no drafts going well. I, I ended up starting out three three running backs, two wide receivers. I'm actually on the clock, um, kind of as we're as we're talking here. And um, go for it. I think I'm going to go ahead and I, yeah, and I'm going to. I'm actually need to address the tight end position, and um, it's going to definitely be a little bit of a reach. Probably going to catch some people's. Um, attention but I think we got a year two tight end that's kind of prime for a big Three breakout seconds. in TJ Hawkinson Whew. you got your pick in good <laughs> Hawkinson yeah, no, I love we, it it's just, just selling yeah, the drama no, yeah no we got it we got it in there right before the buzzer but I know that one's um <laughs> definitely a little bit a little bit early in comparison with uh ADP but I think we're going to see a major step forward from Hawkinson I mean he he flashed a little bit last year that whole offense was really cranking when Stafford uh when Stafford was playing early in the year before he got injured and 
I just, you know, the, the pedigree with Hawkinson and the whole nine yards, I, I think we're going to see a pretty major step forward from him this year. It was either him or what the about, gentleman that was just taking Gronk, Gronk. But I just – I think Gronk's going to be kind of deployed in specialized packages. So, went with the, went with the upside young guy. Yeah, I'm with you on Gronkowski. I just don't know what to, to expect from him. Let's talk about your your uh, your first-round pick in, in Kenyon Drake here, Brian, because I think the top five picks are were sort of – you know, they weren't necessarily surprises. And I'm not saying Drake was a surprise, but of those top yes, six – Yes, it was. Okay, well, then it was a surprise, according <laughs> to the Dizzle. Um, but Kenyon Drake, what made what, what was it about him that made you want to grab him at the 106? Opportunity share, tempo, the offense, you name it. I mean, I think the decision really came down to, am I taking Michael Thomas or am I going to take one of the kind of that second tier of running backs and the second tier being the guys like Drake, um, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, um, that group, and frankly, when what Drake showed us at the end of last year, I don't see how anybody can can kind of kind of dispute it. Um, I, I know it was a relatively small sample size, but it's not like he didn't flash when he was in Miami, being you know dramatically underused or uh, you know underwhelmed in the, the typical Adam Gates fashion. So um, Drake Drake flashed, and we're we're playing to win. And I mean, I don't he's not going to be there at pick eighteen for me. So I went ahead and kind of added him to the team. Uh, Brian, what about uh, this Jonathan Taylor pick in the third round? Um, Marlon Mack certainly was put on notice. Now he's behind the eight ball. How soon is it before we start seeing Taylor take over that backfield um, as the alpha? It's definitely the the theme of the night. I mean, these rookies are going to take a moment, but the reality is this. Indy's got the best offensive line in the league. He he hits the hole as well as anyone that's out there. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor get, get going bright, you know, very early in that offense and, I think by you know mid season, not even mid season, a quarter of the way in, it's it's going to be fully his show to kind of do you know do as he will, as as you could say. So I'm actually back on the clock here, guys. I, I guess I've been on the phone All for right. a while, but it's kind of the the joy <laughs> of being in the in, in the six hole. So I'm actually going to take He's another. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm going with another upside guy here. Um, it, it, we're just kind of at the stage of the draft where we're going to do so. Actually. Went Keyshawn Vaughn for my fourth running back. Um, with the way everything should fall here a little bit later later in the draft, I'm again I'm I'm playing to win here early on. Um, I, I like the upside obviously in that offense and his pass blocking is one of the things he's you know most well known for. And I just have a hard time believing that um, that Vaughn's not going to be able to beat out Ronald Jones in an offense that should be able to move the ball down the field kind of at will this year. Yeah, it's interesting. Somebody you know took uh, Ronald Jones go one round this. earlier than you did, so it looks like you guys are going to have some more stuff to crap to talk back and forth to each other during Tampa Bay games. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody's got a little brother. Everybody's got a little brother. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Studebaker joining us tonight. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate you making the two picks on the air. We'll let you get back to it. Good luck this season. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Rookies, rookie draft start tomorrow, best time of the year. Thanks. That's right. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Can't wait. Can't wait. I can't wait. There's gonna be, I'm probably going to have like 50 trade reversals. Oh, there could be. That's, that's... Hey, Kamish. Right. Uh, I, I fat-fingered this trade. Can you reverse it? <laughs> sure, fat I Fat-fingered that trade should be a team name for somebody yeah, this that's year. That's the truth. Hey, let's, um, we're going to head over to the Revelations draft here shortly, but before we do, let's head out to the 201 uh, area code and, and talk with uh, our, our, our next guest right now. Who do we have on the line? Hey, it's Todd from PA. How are you? 
Todd Burroughs joining us, at Todd from PA on Twitter. Uh, it's good to talk to you, man. It, what, what are you thinking of, of Genesis this year? I, I, I don't believe you were in this league last year. What's it been like drafting with these guys tonight? It's been different. It's a little looser than uh, drafting the FBG that I drafted last night. Um, not terribly, but a little, a little looser. I do want to talk about the Kenyon Drake thing, even though that's not my team and I'm on the clock here in a second. Um, I, I feel like once you get past the top three guys, that, 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 that next tier is really close to me. And I think everyone gets so caught up in ADP last year. If you remember in the hard way draft, I took um, Derek Henry at two, two and got a, enormous amount of crap for it and it turned out to be a very good pick um you know i i just feel like if you have a bunch of guys on a tier and drake is definitely in that next tier somewhere if that's your guy go get him I, he, he's not my guy at that point but i i i'm going to defend the pick a little bit if, if you feel that's your guy you know go get him uh, you're not going to find any argument from me on that. Go get your guys is my mantra. I'm totally down with that, Todd. You've been getting your guys uh, tonight. Kind of a staggered approach. Running back, receiver, running back, receiver, running back, receiver. You varied it up here a little bit in the seventh round. But let's talk a little bit about what your expectations are for Joe Mixon. For the second straight year, he's been a polarizing guy. Uh, it seems like everybody either loves him or hates him. I think you're closer to the love side, though. I, I, I think you might be wrong. Um, you know, it's funny because when you're a high-volume best ball guy, you, you end up building a portfolio. And I'm starting to do more of these drafts. And I think that, you know, overall I'll probably un be underweight on Mixon, but to get him at 111, I, I, think you're le I think what people don't understand a lot of times is your leverage for a guy who's in a – situation like that because he was going off the board fifth before you heard anything about um about his issues right he was going one five one six and and then all of a sudden he started going uh you know a lot uh later because of the fear so your leverage is all those other teams that you don't take them so at 111 Running backs go so quickly. I knew I would get a good wide receiver. I was hoping it would be Adams. It turned out to be Hopkins. Um, it was just a pick where if he does play, if he doesn't hold out, and history normally teaches us that people don't uh, don't um, do you know they don't hold out. And, and so if he does hold out, you know, all my other teams will be okay. But I just felt here that he was the best guy. You know, if he does play, he was the best, clearly the best guy on the board. What about uh, in the third round, Todd, David Johnson, a guy who's no longer in Arizona but looks to be the man at least at the outset of the season in Houston. I think a lot of people, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, it seems like a lot of people kind of downgrade him based on unfairly because of the trade that he was included in. But it's important to remember that, he still has shown us some pretty good talent in the past, and now he's going to an offense where, I mean, he, he quite frankly is the focal point after Deshaun Watson. Talk a little bit uh, about this David Johnson pick and why he was the right choice for you here at the 311. Well, there's two things. The first one is 
you know, people always tend that one of the one of the things, you know, to be good at fantasy football, you have to find a few niches. Mine is that I tend to see things that, you know, I don't get overwhelmed by the last thing I saw. The last thing I saw was David Johnson looking terrible for the, you know, but he was hurt before he got hurt games one to six. He and then the second thing is look at how much work Bill O'Brien gave the ghost of Carlos Hyde. And now you've got DJ who is there's no argument he's a better back than Hyde. He's got better receiving chops. And Bill O'Brien now also on top of that has the whole thing that he traded Hopkins for Johnson. He's invested in him doing well. You know, to get a bell cow running back in the third round, you're going to get some. You're either going to get a rookie who you don't know what you're going to get yet, uh, or you're going to get a guy with some red flags. And I just felt that that was a good spot for his red flags. Todd, I like your analysis on on Kenyon Drake. Who's been your favorite pick so far tonight from the 11 spot? Um, Boy, you know, I am not thrilled with my draft right now. Um, I've got, I got, I really wanted Ridley and he went and I ended up taking Dobbins. Um, I guess Will Fuller at seven eleven is a really interesting pick. I think that Will Fuller is, you know, again, that big if, you know, but if, if, if he is healthy in that offense with the Sean Watson, I mean, he could easily pay off second round value. So, you know, if he's going to play, you're going to play him. And if he's hurt, you're not going to play him. So in the seventh round, you know, what you hope is you build a, enough of a core of a team that your seventh round picket, when he exceeds expectation, he's adding value and helping you to win. Hey, I got a piece of advice. Why don't you like ship off a, you know, to the Texans just to ship off like a foam roller care of Will Fuller. And, you know, you could just send it to him. Maybe he'll start using it and his hamstrings won't be messed up all season. Well, I mean, you know, look, I, I, again, I was on the phone with you guys and a couple things happened. Uh, I had that to do over again. I might've went running back with one of those two picks. Um, Not thrilled with my draft so far. um, But again, I think your draft is fine. Actually. (laughs) I I don't even mind the Will Fuller pick. (laughs) No, I, I look, I, I think I've got a lot of talent. If this was three years ago, I would have the nuts team but it's not three years ago. So, you know, I I think there's a lot of upside here. I think that people are underestimating DeAndre Hopkins and underestimating what he could do in that offense because we we got to see flashes of it last year. Um, And the one thing – what was the one thing that really held that team back last year? The ability to convert in the red zone. Uh, to get those touchdowns, they were getting given up. So they were go, settling for so many field goals. It, you know, a guy like Hopkins, you know, Fitz just isn't what he is, was anymore. I think Fitz, uh, I think Hopkins is, you know, not only going to be a great safety blanket for Tyler, uh, and I think that offense in the second year is going to be really good. Uh, I'm real excited to see what Hopkins does there. I know there's this stat when guys tr- change teams, they're not as effective, but uh, I'm excited for Hopkins. 
Well, we're excited to see the rest of this draft from you, Todd. Well, of course, we all follow you on Twitter, at Todd from PA. Thanks so much for chiming in tonight. Good luck. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. We always appreciate your Twitter timeline. A lot of good insight there. And uh, enjoy drafting season, dude. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate – I appreciate what you guys do as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're awesome in the Hardway uh, Twitter uh, chat, by the way, Todd. So thank you. I enjoy, I enjoy that, even though I don't post in there much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I left. I, I got into a fight with a guy, but we won't go there. Um, but oh, that's I, right. I that's right. I, I, I appreciate, you know, uh, but that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Hey, I, I love you guys, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Maybe we'll do the hard way draft this year. Ooh, yeah, sounds good. That'd man. be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Todd Burrow. Ladies and gentlemen, at Todd from PA on Twitter, uh, you can follow him there. I have switched it to the Revelations draft on the YouTube live stream. By the way, if you want to check that out, it's youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. That is up right now. And, Dave, I'm going to kind of leave this up to you. Um, do you want to go, uh, you know, just pick this up at like the sixth or the seventh round, or do you want to do a little team analysis here? How do you, we're kind of in uncharted territory with the uh, handling three drafts equally and a 60-second clock. Um, I'm, I'm fine with whatever. Good either way. Let's go, yeah. let's continue to go pick by pick. Uh, just to introduce who the players are here tonight, uh, excuse me, in the Revelations uh, draft, uh, Ron Meyer, two packer drafting first tonight, uh, therapy, alpaca, Picasso, excuse me, that's Kyle Leith picking second, uh, the overheight sleeper himself, Dan Williamson in third run the table run by Jake Venuti is in fourth. Our good buddy, Ray Chung, Hong Kong is uh, selecting fifth. And then Zeb Cap is picking sixth in tonight's draft. BitBlab Mandel is drafting both the Genesis and Revelations draft. He is in the seventh spot in this one. Uh, another good buddy of ours, Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani selecting eighth. Aunt Jemima, that's John Terry. By the way, John Terry selecting ninth in Revelations this year. Davey selected ninth in Revelations last year, too. Interesting wow, stuff one there. One in 12, uh, The Hallam Hammers, Shane P. Hallam selecting 10th. Andrew Schellenberg's Clutch Like Shelley at 11. And, of course, uh, Vince Staffolino uh, selecting 12th tonight in Revelations. That's where we're at. By the way, I should bring this up tonight. Um, now that we've announced both of them, Zeb Cap and Kern Reeve are both uh, good buddies. They've uh, drafted uh, together le- uh, a lot over the years. Uh, Kern is in Genesis, and uh, Zeb is in Revelations. They have a bet of who's going to score the most points this year, and whoever loses, if Kern were to lose, well, let's say this. If Zeb is to lose, he has to put a bumper sticker of Kern's choosing um, that is going to be politically themed uh, on his car. That's if Zeb loses. If Kern loses, Zeb is going to make Kern wear a uh, Make America Great Again Donald Trump hat for an entirety of one of his lectures, as he is a professor at um, at uh, uh, called Cornell. Cornell. I wanted to say Dartmouth, and I knew that wasn't it. Cornell. Um, okay, so anyway, and so I don't know if I'm revealing this, if I should be revealing this on the air or not, but uh, Zeb showed me a link of the hat, and it is not the red baseball cap mega hat it is a something larger uh so it's a mega mega it's a mega mega hat yeah exactly what it is uh so this is something to follow uh, throughout the season let's get into it right now uh kick things off with the uh sixth round dave um this was kyler murray going to staffolino as his number one quarterback third quarterback off the board followed by Tyler Lockett to Schellenberg, and then uh, Terry McLaurin goes to Shane Hallam. Evan Engram is going to be the number one tight end for John Terry this year. A trio of running backs go after that. 
Damian Williams to Darren Armani, DeAndre Swift uh, to Biplab Mandel is his number two running back, and the number two running back for uh, Zeb Cap will be Kareem Hunt. He goes with Hunt to pair with David Montgomery. Devontae Parker to Ray Chung after that, followed by Calvin Ridley and Cam Akers uh, to Dan Williamson. Then you have Devin Singletary uh, to Kyle Leith, and then Raheem Mostert, the final pick. Uh, actually, I, I switched I switched rounds there on, on you. I'm sorry. This is T.Y. Hilton uh, to um, to run the table, and then uh, Kishon Vaughn to Dan Williamson, Hunter Henry, and then Debo Samuel to to Packer. Sorry about that. My apologies. Okay, so let's talk about this round, Dave. There is a lot of um, um, talk that uh, Michael Pittman could be the number one receiver sooner rather than later in Indianapolis, dethroning T.Y. Hilton. Your thoughts on that, Dave? Do you see that happening, or is Hilton still going to be the, the number one receiver, in your opinion, for the Colts for the majority of the 2020 season? For 2020, I definitely see it as T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I, I just don't see a possibility of Pittman all of a sudden as a rookie with probably a limited training camp coming in and beating out a whatever, nine, ten-year veteran in T.Y. Hilton. Let's talk about Zeb Cap's pick of Kareem Hunt. You know, after Hunt came back from his suspension last year, we saw um, Chubb's workload really got hit. And now they have Hunt for a whole season. You see, that's more like a 50-50 timeshare because I'm a little bit nervous about that between Chubb and Hunt. To be honest with you, I didn't uh, own any shares of Hunt at all last year. And I, right now, I'm going to be totally honest, I have no idea because I, I wasn't paying attention to Kareem Hunt and had little interest in him until I'm seeing him go in the sixth round here. So I'm curious myself, what do you think? Because I don't really know. I think Chubb is going too high and I think Hunt's going too low. Um, I definitely think that Chubb will be the guy over him this year. But I don't necessarily, you know, you look at where he went in this draft. Nick Chubb uh, was going, he went to uh, Ray Chung there at the 208. And then Kareem Hunt slipped all the way uh, to the mid-six round to Zeb Cap. And I, I just look at it from the standpoint of um, what, hap- what transpired last year. And I don't know if this was a case of, of them wanting to keep Chubb healthy. It's not like they went to the playoffs or anything like that. I just think that uh, Hunt's a dynamic player, and you want to get him on the field as much as possible. Yeah, between weeks uh, 10 and 17, which granted I maybe shouldn't have counted 17, uh, Chubb averaged 12.97 points per game. Hunt averaged 12.675 points per game. So only a difference of 0.3 points per game. Very, very small, actually. In week 17, they both had like five or six. They probably barely played. So interesting. That's, uh, that's interesting. As far as ADP goes, Chubb normally is going at the um, the 204, and then you have Kareem Hunt normally going at the 610. I think that those have to get closer as we march through drafting season, Dave. Yeah, when you think about it, you have to kind of – I mean, if you can't explain away why their production was so similar last year in that second half of the season, then you really can't make the argument for why Chubb should be going so much sooner than Hunt. Now, you know, this is, this is me just talking about here and learning – as we go. So this is great. This is how we always learn. Let's learn some more. We're going to go to the 412 area code right now and talk to our latest callers. We cover the Good Revelations first. draft here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who's this? This is Shane Hallam picking out of the 10th spot. Shane, I apologize uh, that we couldn't get to you sooner. I appreciate your patience, man. How, how is the draft treating you tonight? I think it's going pretty well. You know, I got, I got a lot of guys around me uh, that, that I know well and I'm in dynasty leagues with well. So they're, you know, sniping me at every turn. But uh, it's, a good, it's always a good group, but I feel like my team's coming out well. I haven't drafted a rookie yet, which is rare for me. So that's always good. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, let's, talk, let's move to, okay, so, so Shane's team thus far, he takes Kittle in the first, uh, Austin Eckler in the second, Chris Carson in the third, his number one receiver is Cortland Sutton in the fourth. I want to talk about your fifth round pick here. 
uh, because you end up taking Mark Ingram at the 5'10". One pick later, J.K. Dobbins goes. Was there any um, thought in your mind of, of deciding between those two Ravens running backs, or um, was it clearly Ingram for you there? No, I, I think it was pretty, pretty clearly Ingram for me. I think we saw what he can do in that offense, especially early in the season. He's not super old. And, you know, I keep going back to the, if we, have, we don't have a training camp, we don't have a rookie camp, I mean, I think these rookies are going to be a big step behind the eight ball. So I think Mark Ingram is going to get that, that load, especially early on. And so for, you know, for an RB3 for a flex play and an offense that scores as much as Baltimore does, I'll, I'll take Mark Ingram all day. And I, I think at, you know, at best, Dobbins is going to take half the season to even get up to speed if he can even pass, you know, Gus Edwards. Just as kind of a blanket question, Shane, do you actually think that it'd be strategically advantageous in, let's say, and I get, you know, this, I hate to use a blanket statement, but if you just said to yourself, I'm not drafting any rookies in any redraft this year, do you think that'd be a, like, a, a, like a positive expectation type decision? I think it's smart, and you, you know I'm the rookie guy. I do all the NFL drafts work. I'm in way too many dynasty leagues, um, and, and the 500 number one in the FFP, uh, you know, I have, I have the five of the first six picks. I love rookies. But in redraft this year, I think, it'd be, I think it's smart to not take them at least the first 10, 11, 12 rounds um, to, to right. not put in that type of value. You can take your shots later. Uh, I, think, I think at almost any position, you know, running back might be the one where they can kind of catch up. But I think receiver is going to be really tough. Tight end, uh, just forget about it. Um, and, you, you know, quarterback, you could probably deal with it. But I, I think it's smart to take these veterans and even guys that haven't switched teams. I think it's really smart to do. Yep. Talking with uh, Shane Hallam here tonight as we cover the Revelations draft live on the HSFF Hour. Uh, Shane, let's talk about Terry McLaurin here because you would expect him to make a leap uh, as far as production-wise goes in year two of his career, and it's year two of Dwayne Haskins as well. Uh, you get a num- yourself a number one receiver at the 603. Your expectations for uh, the likelihood of a McLaurin breakout this year, even more than he did last year. I think it's possible because I don't think that offense can get really any worse and the fact that Washington did not address the tight end position in the draft, they, they really didn't draft a receiver until uh, later in the third day if Antonio Gandy-Golden. Um, there's not much competition for McLaurin. I like Ron Rivera as a coach. I like the offense they're installing. I think there'll be an improvement from Dwayne Haskins. Once again, I don't think he can get worse. So to me, to have McLaurin as, as a wide receiver too, I think there's a nice floor of production for him. If they are pretty bad, we know what he did last year. And I think there's a high ceiling. If Washington's better, then McLaurin's numbers should go up. So I think it could be a potential steal. It's a possibility that he ends up as a top 15 receiver if this offense gets going a little bit. Balky, real quick, who's the number one tight end for Washington? Uh, somebody not named Jordan Reed. Uh, quite frankly, I don't know. Shane, do you, do you know who the number one tight end for I'm mean, looking at football guys' depth charts here. Do you know who their number uh, one tight end is? Jeremy Jeremy Sprinkle, I would say. Oh, Jeremy yep. Sprinkle. Jeremy Tinkle. <laughs> We're going to call him Tinkle. Jeremy so, Sprinkle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shane, a uh, final question here before we let you get back to the draft. Uh, every day that goes by, New England does not add a quarterback. It looks more and more likely that Jared Stidham is going to be the, the uh, heir apparent for Tom Brady, at least for 2020. How do you handicap that backfield You know, with James White, Damian Harris, and so on and so forth? You take Sony Michelle here. What's your expectations for how this is going to shake out? 
I, I don't think Sonny Michelle's a very good football player. I think he kind of sucks. But I, if I know Bill Belichick, they're just going to pound that rock and probably lose a handful of games, maybe win some on the defense on the running game. It didn't seem like they trust Damian Harris at all. James White will kind of do the pass-catching thing. I think we see Sonny Michelle with high volume, goal line, touchdowns. I think he's going to be the guy. I love getting him as an RB4. And, you know, it, it, you can fill him in for a bye week or so. So I think it's going to be a lot of running this year for New England. I think those running backs are criminally underrated for redraft this year. Uh, Shane, if you were the FFPC commissioner and you had to review a, a protested dynasty trade with Sony Michelle involved, would you overturn this trade? Sony Michelle on one side for a 2020 uh, 109 rookie pick and a 2021 first. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's pretty bad, <laughs> but yeah, I'm always. <laughs> I'm always on the side, no collusion, <laughs> let it go. But man, that's whew, my God. <laughs> that's, yeah, we that's we, we overturned we, we we overturned that one. That one we had to overturn. You follow him on Twitter, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, at Shane P. Hallam. Check out his work at Draft Site and of course Fake Pigskin. I appreciate you popping on, Shane. Enjoy the rest of the draft and uh, enjoy drafting season this summer. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for for doing the podcast. Great work. Uh, Thank you so much, Shane. We certainly appreciate that as Revelations moves on past the halfway point here in the 11th round. We'll get back to the pick-by-pick coverage in just a second, but I do want to get to the 941 as we're going to go out there and talk to our next guest here on our live Revelations draft coverage. Who am I speaking with? Are you? Am I on right now? Yes, you are. Hi, you're speaking to Liz. I'm actually in the apocalypse draft right now. I am drafting out of the uh, the seventh spot. Liz, you were in Revelations I, last year, right? No, I was in apocalypse last year. I actually won apocalypse. You were in apocalypse. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. That That is fantastic. That's good to hear. Liz, we're going to get to apocalypse here in a little bit. Before we do, can you tell us how you think your draft is going over there? I think so far so good. I I like my team. I like uh, I like how things are falling into place here. Um, what? Uh, who did you end up taking? Who did you end up taking in your as your first round pick? Uh, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, and obviously the first tight end off the board. Is that something that you've always uh, made a priority of trying to get one of the elite tight ends early? In FFPC, you've got to the, the premium tight end scoring. You've got to go with. You got to get one of the top three tight ends. If they if they fall to you, you got to take them. That's you know, we my... were talking earlier. We were talking earlier, Liz, about uh, the the decision that some owners will have to make if they're going to go with a tight end. And Kittle and Kelsey are off the board. Who do you go with, Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz? How do you fall in on that? Andrews. Andrews. Absolutely, Andrews. Just. Just because of the, the dynamic upside, or what? what's the reasoning? I mean, you look at the Baltimore offense, I mean, they're phenomenal. And then you've got Zach Ertz, who, you know, you've got Goddard eating into some of his targets. So, you know, I don't think you can go wrong with either one, but I I go with Andrews ahead of Ertz. What, uh, what sort of, uh, and I don't know how many drafts you've done so far this season, Liz, but you obviously are doing Apocalypse right now, defending champ of that. What sort of stood out to you, and, and we'll get to Apocalypse shortly, and we'll see for ourselves, what stood out to you in that draft? Any surprises? Anybody slipping? Anybody being overdrafted? No, you know, I've been watching Miles Sanders climb and climb and climb, and I was tempted to take him, and then I just, you know, 
I couldn't, I, I can't pass up Kelsey, but, you know, Sanders has been a surprise in the past few weeks. Um, you know, Godwin going to what, 210, that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, I like seeing how David Johnson's moved up, but that's not really, that that wasn't too much of a surprise. No, I think, you know, Eckler, Eckler's been sometimes going in the first round. So, you know, yeah, I guess it's sort of, it's about what it should be. Talking with Liz Ballard but, here is drafting in the Apocalypse draft. Uh, Liz, let, let's talk. You mentioned Godwin going at the 210 in Apocalypse. Let's briefly talk about the Buccaneers here because it's totally a, a different offense than last year. Obviously, Tom Brady is now going to be throwing passes to both uh, Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. They draft Tyler Johnson this year, and they still have O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, Rob Gronkowski coming to town. Are you worried at all if, if you're going to be drafting a Buccaneer that you might be overdrafting him given that Brady's talented enough to, to spread the ball around, making sure that uh, everybody puts up numbers rather than have a guy like Evans or Godwin dominate targets? I'm willing to take that risk. I think that's going to be just a, you know, a, a smoking offense. So, I mean, I, I like having Evans. I like Godwin. I like Evans. You know, O.J. Howard, uh, he's got to prove it to me, you know. Uh, and then with Gronk coming in, you just don't know. Which Gronk are you going to get? Healthy Gronk who's going to be, you know, a favorite of Brady? Or are you going to get somebody who's been out of football for a year and who's, you know, how many surgeries has he had, you know? Right. Yeah, say. exactly. All good points, Liz. We Listen, we certainly appreciate uh, talking with you here tonight. We will uh, we'll turn over our coverage to the Apocalypse Draft in about 15 minutes, and, and we'll, we'll take a look at your team and, as well as how everything else is shaking out. But good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Liz Ballard, ladies and gentlemen, calling in from the Apocalypse Draft. We'll, uh, we'll that, shift over to that in a second. Yes, Dave? That draft's going to be over. <laughs> really? What round are they in? 18th. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll <laughs> definitely do. How are they in the 18th and Revelations is still in the 12th? Did the feed go out? I'm watching the YouTube feed right now. I'm just I think it's still you. updating. They're drafting quickly. That's crazy. There. Well, we'll get to that in a little. Actually, I think that would be a good way to, to uh, round up this show is to talk about just team analysis from the yeah, Apocalypse drafters. Sure. All right, let's get back into it here. Um, we kind of left off in the seventh round. I want to kind of skip ahead a little bit, and we'll go to uh, the ninth round, Dave, uh, and kind of talk about what's going on with Revelations here. Uh, Tupacker gets Tevin Coleman as his number four running back. He's still uh, in the league? At the 901, yes. Tupacker is still in Revelations. John Brown goes off after that, the I'm Buffalo I'm receiver. Coleman. Yes, I, that was, yes, <laughs> I got go. it. Uh, John Brown at the 902 tonight to uh, Kyle Leith, followed by James White and Zach Moss. Uh, going to Jake Benuti. Uh, then you have uh, TJ uh, Hawkinson going to um, Ray Chung as his number three tight end, Tariq Cohen, Christian Kirk, and Deshaun Watson off the board after that. Watson going to Fantasy Mojo. CeeDee Lamb, an interesting guy, to Aunt Jemima, who is loading up on the receivers here after uh, drafting a very uh, running back heavy team early. Uh, Jamison Crowder off the board. Then Ronald Jones goes to uh, Andrew uh, Schellenberg. And then you have uh, Emmanuel Sanders rounding things off to Vince Staffolino. Interesting round there, Dave. And, and we talked a little Hawkinson. Let's talk a little Zach Moss here uh, because I, I was kind of high on Devin Singletary. And I was not that high on Zach Moss in the pre-drafting process. And I think I still like Devin Singletary this year for the aforementioned reasons we talked about how difficult it's going to be for rookies to come in and make an impact uh, with, the, with the shortened summer. But your thoughts on the Singletary-Moss backfield? Are you willing to say Singletary dominates that uh, t for touches there too? Yeah, I would think so. That's that's my opinion. Uh, 
I've never been a big Singletary guy, but, I mean, everyone likes him. He did really well last year. Um, Moss also was not the best athlete in the world, but I think they, you know, they, they could complement each other. Moss is a little bit thicker, but I would definitely go Singletary. I mean, he's getting drafted, you know, four rounds earlier. So it makes what, sense. what about the philosophy change in Buffalo with them giving up all that draft capital to acquire Stefan Diggs? Cause they already had a deep threat in John Brown who had a pretty good 2019 season. And now you bring in uh, Stefan Diggs who uh, can, can definitely get behind defenders. And you still have Cole Beasley over the middle as well. Are you worried about that affecting Singletary? Or is that actually going to be a good thing for him? Uh, I'm not that concerned about affecting the run game necessarily too much. I my concern overall, I mean, I, I would like to think it would actually help their passing game. Right. I mean, yeah. Diggs will be nice. Diggs isn't only a deep threat, though. I think he can actually make some catches over the middle, not as well as Beasley. But he's a, I kind of think Diggs is a little bit underrated. I mean, maybe he went in the fifth year. I think he went in the sixth of the 602 in the other draft. I think that's not a bad spot for him. Yeah, ADP is the 512 for Diggs right now uh, as far as FFPC drafts go. Let's get into the 10th round here, Dave. Uh, Jerry Judy kicking things off to Vince Dapolino. Mike Williams, who just had his fifth-year option picked up by the Los Angeles uh, Chargers to Andrew Schellenberg here. Uh, Then Ian Thomas, the number two tight end for the Hallam Hammers. Uh, He uh, pairs with George Kittle quite nicely there, uh, like wine and pasta. I don't know. Marvin Jones off the board to uh, uh, Aunt Jemima after that, followed by Tony Pollard, uh, the running back handcuffed to Ezekiel Elliott, Darren Armani grabbing him there. Darren Armani grabs Tony Pollard. I wonder if this is because he sees all these tweets and all these people talking about Tony Pollard season and everything like that. He's been looking at it for 14 months now. I wonder if that affected mm-hmm. him there at all. Could be. Uh, Philip Lindsay, right after that, the, I guess, backup running back in Denver now that Melvin Gordon's in town. Eric Ebron is the second tight end drafted by Zeb Cap tonight to go with Tyler Higby, followed by Henry Ruggs uh, to Ray Chum. Jack Doyle and Blake Jarwin, a pair of tight ends, uh, go to Venuti and Williamson, and then Daryl Henderson and McCole Hardman finishing off the round there in round 10 of Revelations. Dave, would you, you know, we talked about the rookies. Would you be take? I mean, you, at some point you'd have to take a rookie. If you're going to take a rookie receiver and you had your pick and you made up your mind, you're going to go with one. Who's the best redraft rookie receiver? Because Henry Ruggs was the first one off the board, but I think a lot of the pundits uh, did not suggest that he would be the top receiver in this draft. CD lamb, maybe the most talented, but now he goes to Dallas with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and then you have Jerry Judy, who's now competing with Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, and K.J. Hamler. Or is it somebody else? I might make the argument that Denzel Mims might actually have the best uh, path to starting right away for the Jets, and he might, he might be the guy that, uh, that does the best as a rookie. And we haven't seen him go off. Well, I'm sure he's been taking an apocalypse now. They're probably in round 24. I think Mims went off the board in Genesis right, before, right around when we left. Oh, okay. All right. So, and now is... No, I just, I'm, 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 no, that's just something I thought of off the top of my head. I don't have a list in front of me. Yeah, I don't see him in Revelations yet, but no. you, you could be right about uh, Genesis. I don't have that board up anymore. I don't, I, it doesn't, logically doesn't make sense it would be CeeDee Lamb, given that he's going to be behind, or he'll be on the field as the third wide receiver, but you know, given who he's you know, having to deal with, with Amari Cooper right. and uh, Gallup. Moving on to the 11th round here, Jonu Smith is two Packers pick as his, yeah, that's right, his number one tight end, which, by the way, we should mention uh, that while two Packer did win the hard way draft last year, he also entered Genesis and finished lower than 11th, and I'll just leave it at that <laughs> in Genesis last year. It was, not, it was not promising for two Packer. But Jonu Smith, what do you make of that? Waiting until round 11 to take your first tight end? If you're trying to set the ADP, I'm not sure this is going to be a setting it. Well, he is, you know, 
and, and he also took Greg Olson, and those are two starting tight ends for the two teams. Uh, Olson, get, you're getting a little desperate there. <laughs> and Smith, you really, I mean, you really do need him to break. I mean, you need him to break out. Um, that's a little, that's a little later than even I would, I would be looking to do. That's Have you ever thought about, you know, cause we talk about picking running backs off the waiver wire, quarterbacks off the waiver wire. Is that a sound strategy in the FFPC for tight ends or is that more of a losing proposition? Almost always losing proposition, except for last year, almost every big champion grabbed Higby, but that almost <laughs> never happened. Right. I mean, yeah. That's, that's like, true. that's like a, it's seriously like a one in a decade occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It normally doesn't happen at tight end. Cause the thing is you, the tight ends are scooped up. Anybody with a heartbeat is usually scooped up and Higby for whatever reason was out there. And I think part of the reason was Everett broke out last year for the first part of the season until he got hurt. And then sort of everybody dropped Higby and then all of a sudden he's out there and never gets hurt. So, which was crazy given the receivers that the Rams had last year too. It's just, you're right. One in a decade is accurate. Sterling Shepard at the 11.02 to Kyle Leaf, followed by Anthony Miller. Uh, Irv Smith is going to be the backup tight end for Jake Benuti. And then uh, Latavius Murray goes to Ray Chung. Duke Johnson goes off the board at the 11.06 to one Zeb Cap. Rashad Paramit. Let's talk about this uh, to, uh, to uh, Bip Lab Mandel. You like Denzel Mims as the Jets receiver. They did sign Paramit, but it wasn't for big money. Um, the fact that Perriman is a veteran, does that help his cause at all as being the number one receiver? Is the talent, is he just too short on talent when compared to Denzel Mims? Well, I mean, it definitely helps that he's a veteran and that he's, you know, played in the NFL before. I, that doesn't, uh, he, if I had to choose between the two, I would choose Perriman over Mims, but the question was whether it was, you know, the rookie. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah, that's how I phrase it. Okay. Next pick, Raquel Armstead. Now the, the Jaguars have yeah, been. Tell me this news, Balky. Okay, they obviously declined the fifth-year option on Fournette. Yeah. They didn't do a whole lot in the draft. They did sign Chris Thompson today, the pass-catching running back for Washington. And you're probably like, who is that? He's always hurt. I don't know who that I is. I know what he is. He's the guy who's still on my Gridiron Legends team right now. Good God. <laughs> well, that actually might be a, a, a charky play to keep him on board. Yeah. Um, so uh, you have um, Reichwell Armstead, who's the backup there, and Jacksonville didn't really do uh, make any waves at running back, either in free agency – or the draft, they've been shopping Fournette around, Dave. If they can't trade him, is he still locked into the workload he had last year, or would they want to develop Reichwell Armstead to make that more of a, instead of like a 90 or like an 85-15 split, maybe make it more of like a, a 70-30 split or a 65-35 split? I mean, I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I guess it's possible. I just don't see that happening. Okay. I mean, Armstead is just a guy. A guy who is not a guy goes off with the next pick, Preston Williams. I know you like this guy. Looked awesome last year until he got hurt. Yes. And um, then Devontae Parker sort of took over. And the ADPs are, are pretty wide when, when you're talking about those two Dolphins receivers. Devontae Parker, on average, going at the 602. Preston Williams, Dave, is falling all the way to the 1201 on average. No question to me who the better value is. Even though he's coming off the injury, give me Preston Williams. Yeah, all day long. I totally agree. Preston Williams looked better than in his rookie year than Devontae Parker looked at any point during his first four years in his NFL career. Yeah, the, the rare fifth-year breakout for Devontae Parker, or fourth-year breakout for Devontae Parker. Was it Parker. his fourth? I think it was his fourth. All yeah. right, so maybe his first three years, he never looked as good as Preston Williams did. But Parker did look good last year later in the season. Yeah. Justin Jefferson off the board after that. Naheem Hines to Andrew Schellenberg, and then Alexander Madison 
uh, the Dalvin Cook handcuff to Vince Staffolino. All right, let's get into the 12th round here. Golden Tate is, uh, is Staffolino's pick, followed by Chase Edmonds. Uh, Nikhil Harry going off to Shane Hallam as his number six receiver. Josh Allen is the first quarterback selected by uh, Aunt Jemima. That's John Terry. Jalen Rager, rookie receiver for Philadelphia. Field stretcher there going to Fantasy Mojo. Mm, interesting that he takes the eagle. Uh, Anthony McFarland. This is a guy we need to talk about him. Anthony McFarland for the Steelers. I believe he was a third or fourth round pick, so not a pedigree guy. But Dave, I, I guess you're more of a James Conner fan than I am. Jalen Samuels hasn't really uh, done a ton. He's had a couple of good games. Benny Snell has not done much there. Anthony oh, Okay, I thought Benny Snell was like the super god from last First year. First of all, I did not say he was the super god. Not you, but I'm saying, you know, everyone was like, oh, God, you know, Benny Snell is so great. And then Jalen Samuels is this. Connors never amounts to this. Now they draft another kind of half-crappy running back. Yeah. Make, get their, you know, they should get their act together. Um, I don't think McFarland's half-crappy. I'll just tell you that. I'm sure not. I'm also Benny Snell. Say this is the same thing was being said last year. All right. I did not tough. like Benny Snell last year. I'll tell you that right okay, but, I mean, from the get-go. You did – okay. Then playing devil's advocate or whatever it was, you talked uh, talked about there was a lot of discussion about Benny Snell versus Jalen Samuels, and that's fine. And then, uh, by the way, James Conner today, or I think it was even, was tweeting like similar to uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last, last Dance. dance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says something like that it's not his last dance or something. So right. Conner's seeing the so-called writing on the wall. I think Conner actually might be all right. He might be the guy. Okay. I'm, if, I'm Con- if I'm not that concerned about the fourth guy on the totem pole behind. <laughs> I don't you know, think he's going to be fourth for guys. long. I'll, I, that's just of my course, feeling on yeah. it. Uh, James so Conner. The next, next year they're going to draft a running back in the fourth round again. <laughs> well, because they've got to replace these guys that won't be on the team anymore. That right, they and draft. the year after they'll draft from the third and then the fourth. Speaking of the fourth round, James Conner, 405 ADP right now. That's not bad. Uh, I mean, that's worth, definitely worth the risk. Yeah. Uh, you can grab one. Of the, I mean, I, the problem is you don't have a good, sure backup that you can count on. Right. Well, Which, at that point, it's, I mean, I, I'd be fine with that. Because fourth round, it's like, you know what I mean? You should have three really good players. Well, interestingly enough, the same exact team, Fantasy Moto, drafts Derrick Henry in the first round and then just grabbed Darrington Evans in the 13th round. Smart. And boom, that's taken care of. Lock yeah. it up. All right, let's lock up the 7-3-4 here as we're going to go out to the phone lines again and talk to our next guest here on the HSFF Hour. Who are we talking to? Hey, guys, it's Fantasy Dum Dums, Rob Marshall. Fantasy? Fantasy Dum Dums, Rob Marshall, the defending champ of the Genesis draft. Hey, I, I don't have the board up uh, anymore, Rob. What's, uh, how, how far along are you guys? You are guys almost done? Uh, yeah, we're in the 14th right now. Okay, I got it. All fun. right. All right, so, so, um, so Rob, I'm going to give, I'm gonna give you – Yes, you're coming through. Okay. I want to give you the floor because I haven't gotten to your email that you sent me. Um, but I'm going to give you the floor uh, to talk a little bit about some Genesis and Revelations trivia, if you'd like to do that tonight. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for uh, just a little bit of kind of follow-up between the Genesis Revelations, where um, the 26ers made up about 58% of the teams, uh, 14 of the 24 teams in Genesis and Revelations. Um, yet the top seven scorers, when looking at the two, te- the two leagues combined, were all, seven, were all 26ers. Um, the huh. 26ers had 10 of the top 12 teams in scoring, a 26er won Genesis, a 26er won Revelations, two Packer played in both leagues and came in last in both leagues. And then <laughs> one 26er, one 26er drafted both just like he did. And they made the playoffs one. They were the first seed another one. They were the fourth seed. So based on these results, I think the 26ers probably should be the one setting ADP. 
I got to tell you, man, in a court of law, I think that's pretty indisputable at this point. Case closed. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Meyer can't handle the truth. <laughs> Rob, um, we, we got to talk, we talked a, a little bit about your draft tonight, your personal draft, uh, as you try to defend the belt in Genesis. How's it looking so far? What's been your favorite pick? Um, I like uh, Juju in the fourth. Yeah, bouncing back off of, uh, obviously, his down year, he gets a healthy Ben Roethlisberger back. Um, what about, was there one pick that you made tonight, Rob, that you, you, you just kind of, you didn't want to do it, but you felt it was uh, the best choice at the time, but you don't feel real great about it? <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for Hunter Henry, so if he can stay healthy, I love it, but I just keep getting suckered in to drafting that guy. In the, I think I took him in the fifth. Do you think, uh, talking about the Chargers, do you think Tyrod Taylor is the starter for the majority of the season there, or do you think Herbert's going to be in play to be throwing balls to Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry later on? I think Herbert's going to be called upon. I think the fans, a lot of times, they'll start kind of pushing for him because Tyrod's been around too long and has really not done all that much any, anywhere. So, Talking with the fantasy dum dums, it is Rob Marshall. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I mean, obviously, that he gets uh, people a lot more excited uh, than than Tyrod Taylor will. Um, looking at uh, uh, at the Chargers, uh, what's been the the prevailing um, trend in the Genesis draft tonight? Um, we talked about the Kenyon Drake pick. Obviously, that was a little bit of a surprise. I noticed the difference between Genesis and Revelations. Henry Mudo actually pointed this out in the chat that uh, Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins were going at that one-two turn in Genesis, but in Revelations, they actually slipped to the mid to late second round. How do you fall in? We talked about Hopkins a lot. How do you fall in on Devontae Adams this year uh, as the Packers seemingly are trending towards more of a run-based team? So I still like Adams because you still have the same quarterback. You still have Rodgers who likes to chuck the ball last second of the game, you know, come out the hero, and he's still going to do it. He still has a little Brett Favre in him who, you know, can chuck that ball down the field, and those big those big number one receivers um, tend to perform well and have big 100-yard um, games, two touchdown type things, and that's what you need to, to perform in the playoffs. Rob, I appreciate you giving us a call and, and, and busting out that trivia on us. I, I know we'll hear it from Tupac or maybe on Twitter. I don't know if we'll, we'll hear from him on the show tonight. Good luck the rest of the way. He's slurring too much right now. He, he could be. No, he said he worked too long today, so oh. he was interrupting his drinking. Oh, that's too bad. Um, Rob, uh, good luck the rest of the way. Enjoy the draft, man. Uh, always good to talk to you, dude. Stay safe. All right. Thanks, guys. Rob Marshall from the Fantasy Dum Dums. That is uh, – the uh, champion, the defending champion of the Genesis draft. We'll keep it going right now with the caller from the 603. 603, who are we talking to tonight? Hey, guys, it's Eric Sisson, Pink Stripes, and uh, Apocalypse. Uh, Pink Stripes, good to talk to you, man. We, it just seems like yesterday we had you on the HSFF Hour. How is uh, Apocalypse going? Is it, is it over with? Going. I, I've had cheeseburgers uh, that took longer to eat. That, that was insane. I've never seen a, a brighter group of drafters. We, I think we knocked the thing out in like an hour and eight minutes. That's crazy. Nuts. That is fantastic. Wow. So, so, we're, so now you were picking, and we're about to go over to that draft board right now, and we're going to talk about it. But you had, the, uh, you had the number one pick there. I'm assuming you went McCaffrey. How did the rest of the draft shape up for you? I, uh, I kind of, you know, for whatever reason, for all the drafts I do, I don't know why I never get the – you would think you have a, a one in 12 chance of getting the first-round pick. Not in my case. I think I get one out of every 80, 80 drafts. So I've 
kind of always had this plan in my head. And Eric, if you remember, we talked about this in our interview back in uh, around Thanksgiving is you asked me if, if I would ever consider taking Lamar Jackson in the second round. So I had to follow through with my word because I told you I would. And I said I'd follow <laughs> up with a tight end. And yeah, I know. I, I had to do it. I, I actually had a flashback when I got the number one pick notice a few days before the draft and said, well, this would be pretty cool to have McCaffrey, Jackson, and uh, Mark Andrews. And just started out from there and went with it. And then I got a little bit, yeah, I think I had a couple too many drinks after that and just went a little tight end crazy and just decided to fill in from there. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. So you must have just, when you got the number one pick tonight, I'm like, oh my goodness, my first chair of McCaffrey of the whole season. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it makes life so simple because the rest of it, I've, I've always figured you could, you know, you could draft the Madisons and the Pollards and Sony Michelle and all these Darius guys, guys. And, I'll find someone that'll be behind someone that'll get hurt or something will happen that'll give me an RB two. But McCaffrey is basically like two running backs anyways. So with uh, the SFP scoring the way it is, I went uh, rounds three, four, five. I went Andrews Waller and I'm a homer. So I took Gronk and just rolled the dice and said, heck, I'm going to start three tight ends every week with uh, Lamar and McCaffrey and we'll fill in from there and see what happens. Kind of fun though, because I mean, you, you, with McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson, if they produce similarly to last year, if McCaffrey's two running backs, Lamar Jackson's like a running back and a quarterback. So you're getting, you're, at, I mean, you're seriously in the neighborhood of like 60 points a week if they were putting up their average production from last year, which is nuts. Yeah, unfortunately, I suck at math, so I didn't think of it that way. But um, I, I did, uh, I did look at the PPR aspect of it after that, and I figured, you know. With uh, Tyler Boyd in the six, he's got a he's he's got a rookie quarterback, so I figure he plays a slot. All right, fine. He'll fill in. He'll throw him the ball, and the whole world is down on Julian Edelman as if he's not a good football player if he's not playing with Brady. And who knows? Maybe they'll probably trade him down to Tampa anyways. But um, you know, to get him in the eighth, and then Sanders in the eleventh, I kind of said, all right, this is cool. These are three good veteran receivers, or better, kind of get the ball, and if he's filling in behind mm-hmm. behind those tight ends and. CMC and Lamar, I, I, I think I, I've really never built a team like this because, like I said, I, I don't get to pick from the first spot. But uh, it was kind of a plan, and I didn't think Lamar would make it to the 24th overall pick, but he did. And once he did, it was easy to pull the trigger on Andrews and say, "Okay, let's it's May 1st. Let's let's have some fun with this and create an experience." <laughs> exactly. That is right. You know? uh, Eric Sisson joining us. Uh, Mr. Pinkstripes had the 101 pick in Apocalypse, and you can check out that draft board. It's upstreaming on YouTube.com uh, slash, excuse me, YouTube.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football. Uh, for, as you were just describing, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and Rob Gronkowski are the three tight ends you took in the three, four, five. And I guess it kind of, you know, works to your advantage. You've done enough of these drafts. You don't necessarily need to build a deep wide receiver base, and you can kind of wait on them, especially this year, uh, and get some receivers late. You get Boyd as your number one. You already talked about Edelman, and, and then when you talk about getting possession guys like Sanders and Shepard late, uh, also Nikhil Harry in there, taking potentially another step forward with a big opportunity in front of him. What, do you, what sort of uh, numbers do you see Nikhil Harry putting up in New England now that you've got that Patriots wide receiver stack? I'm hoping one of them figures out how to be the number one. I think Stidham, I think, is going to be the quarterback there. And, you know, they both came into the league the same year, so they probably have a rapport. Harry's I, – I love distressed assets. I just – I've always loved, especially early in the draft season where everyone says, oh, this guy, is, you know, he's washed. Sonny Michelle, he's terrible. Okay, well, he plays behind the Patriots running, you know, offensive line with Bill Belichick. 
Julian Edelman, lost his quarterback. He's still Julian Edelman, Super Bowl MVP. Manny Sanders is now playing in a dome with Drew Brees. And, and Harry is, he's a prospect. I mean, he's a, he's a first-round pick. I mean, he can, everyone picks on the Patriots draft, but I don't think the hoodie is that stupid. He obviously saw something in Harry that he's good. And, and the guy's a beast. He looks like he could play on both sides of the ball and put a, you know, put a 50 on and play linebacker and knock someone's head off. He's, he's a player. <laughs> and if you remember, if you remember at the end of the season last year, he had a couple plays in that Kansas city game and a, a few games where he was catching the ball and Brady was looking at him. And I'm guessing, I know Brady doesn't like young receivers, but I'm guessing Stidham's going to give him more of a shot than Brady did. Uh, OJ Howard, you get late. So you get this, uh, this Buccaneers tight end uh, stack going on too. Um, how, how do you see, and we, we talked a little bit about this with Liz Ballard, who's also in this draft, picking at the seven spot. But, Eric, when you look at uh, the Buccaneers divvying up targets, let's just talk about specifically the tight ends. Gronk versus Howard versus Brait. Obviously, you had your pick of the litter. You took Gronk first. But how do Howard and Brait figure into this target distribution? So I got all three. I took Brait in the 19th. And I'm figuring, I hate to say it, oh. but one of them's <laughs> got to get hurt, right? <laughs> Someone's going to get hurt or traded. I know OJ, they just, uh, they picked up his option. So that's going to be, I don't know, like 9 million bucks and Brady, They have signed to a reasonable contract. Brady's going to find out who his binky is. I'm sure it'll be Gronk, but you know, Gronk's great blocker. So he's going to probably be in line a lot. And Howard's a great blocker as well. I mean, for all we know, we'll be talking about this in November laughing and saying Cameron Brady all of a sudden has 10 touchdowns and he's the pass catcher while OJ and Gronk are just mauling people on, you know, the sides of each tackle and, you know, Braid will be the pick of the pick of the draft. I had no idea, but I figured if I could get all three of them, if one of them pans out, great. And like I said, it's a homer pick. I mean, I'm a Pats fan, so getting Gronk in the fifth was kind of fun. Well, that's good. And getting you on these airwaves again is always fun for us too. Uh, you follow Eric on Twitter at uh, Mr. Pinkstripes, Mr. Pinkstripes. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for uh, for calling in tonight. Congratulations on putting this team together. It looks like uh, to be more than competitive, uh, especially with the tight uh, point and a half per catch uh, for for tight end scoring. This is a I wouldn't say it's a juggernaut, but it's definitely a good team. So congrats on that, and thanks for calling in. Enjoy the rest of the drafting season, dude. Eric, Dave, stay, stay safe, and uh, have a great night. Thank you very much. You do the same, my friend. Thank you. Eric Sisson, ladies and gentlemen. Calling in, actually, uh, Eric um, finished eighth overall in the Football Guys Players Championship in the regular season last year, Dave. Uh, certainly had a, a, a big-time uh, first uh, 11 weeks of the season. We'll see if he can continue that momentum into 2020. I don't think there's any reason to talk about his team uh, – any more than we already have, given that we have 11 other apocalypse teams we want to uh, analyze here. But he was picking one. Let's go to Michael Zuka's team, who is picking second tonight, the Mongooses, Dave. Uh, and we'll get into his team. Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield are the quarterbacks. At running back, Saquon Barkley, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Matt Breida, Daryl Henderson, Boston Scott, Chris Thompson, excuse me, Giovanni Bernard at running back. Receivers, this is interesting strategy. He took a receiver every round from rounds three through eight, and then only took one more in round 17. They were Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, and then Paris Campbell late. Uh, tight ends are Blake Jarwin and da- uh, Dawson Cox, excuse me, Dawson Knox, um, as we look at this team, Zane Gonzalez and Cleveland Browns. Uh, interesting setup to this team. I got some question marks at tight end, I don't have as many question marks at running back. I, I, I mean, I, it's pretty much only three deep. Um, but with all those receivers, Dave, he's going to be able to, if he starts the right ones, 
he's going to be able to be pretty dynamic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I probably would have gone with a little more balanced approach and grabbed some tight end inside of the first eight rounds because I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand the point when you're not playing best ball to have those six consecutive receiver picks. And I, I mean, they, he could have squeezed a tight end in there somewhere. Uh, I think that's the only area I would for sure change on my end. Okay, all right, and and Michael, uh, I I want to say he he obviously he didn't win the league last year, but I think he's had pretty pretty good success in these 150 classics um, in the past, and and certainly yeah, that's great. Very talented uh, Terminator guy too, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, the, the Breeder pick in the ninth round. I mean, that's you know he's a starting running back in the NFL. It's it's pretty sweet. Well, you know what's funny is I don't necessarily think he'll be the starter there, but he's totally the Dolphins running back you want to own. I mean, what, think Balazs. No, Jordan Howard is there. Oh, yeah, that's right. He supposedly is. Yeah, that's... but I mean, what, you'd obviously still rather have Breida, no question. I would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, it, Jordan Howard's a banger. He still can't catch. Matt Breida actually showed uh, some some pretty good explosion when he was in San Francisco. So uh, I'm down with Matt Breida in the ninth. I think that's a really nice pick there. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to pick number third. This is uh, uh, pick number three. This is D. Shabbat. Uh, Nitschke Orphan Asylum picking at three tonight. The quarterbacks are Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. Uh, running backs Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, LaMichael Perrine. And then you have at receiver Chris Godwin, D.K. Metcalf, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, Antonio Brown, James Washington. Tight ends T.J. Hawkinson, Chris Herndon, and Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Brandon McManus in the Chiefs defense. Dave, I'm not a fan of this team for a few reasons. But it's obviously very young at running back with uh, four, I think four rookie, yeah, four rookie running backs on this team. Uh, the number three receiver, Christian Kirk, I'm not really sure how he factors in in Arizona as far as the pecking order there. And you can make the same case with Deontay Johnson. Now he does have James Washington late too, but again, you got to kind of know which one to start on a week-to-week basis. The Antonio Brown pick I'm lost on. Uh, I don't really understand that. And, you know, the, I guess the tight end depth is good, but this is more of a tight end set up for best ball rather than classic. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to have a problem with any of your analysis. Uh, Hawkinson is no guarantee to be a breakout this year. Hernan is looking like a potential bust. I don't right. know that he's worth yeah. much of anything. And I agree with what you're saying about the running backs and the receivers, actually. Yeah. Um, Curtis Hirsch the, from the Fairways franchise was picking fourth in Apocalypse tonight. Uh, he goes with Kyler Murray as his lone quarterback. His running backs are Dalvin Cook, David Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Latavius Murray, Anthony McFarland, Rashad Penny, Joshua Kelly, and Trave- Travion Williams. Wow. Uh, the receivers are Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, LaVisca Chenault, Josh Reynolds, and Jalen Hurd. Uh, tight ends are Evan Ingram and Ian Thomas. So looking at this squad, it's good running back depth. Um, Tariq Cohen as your number three is a little shaky. I like the top three receivers, even the top four. I mean, Brandon Cooks is your number four. I think uh, you're doing things all right there. Evan Engard, and I like the Ian Thomas pick. I guess if I had to pick at nits on this, uh, Dave, is um, I guess just the depth at running back probably. You got some question marks there. But if, if an injury falls one way or the other, now you, you got a really good team here. Well, he has a lot of, he has a lot of wild cards at running back. I mean, with, Cohen, Murray, McFarland, Penny, and Kelly. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities there. So I, I think his running back depth is kind of okay, actually. Um, maybe some of the players I would have switched out for other players, but it's a pretty good balanced team in that in uh, a lot of regards. You like Ian Thomas this year, taking over in Carolina? 
If that's in the 11th round, I like Ian Thomas. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that's worth a shot for sure. Okay. All right, so that's Curtis Hirsch uh, with the Fairways team at four. Let's go to number five. This is Joe Van Gogh and his Smokin' Joes. Patrick Mahomes and Teddy Bridgewater are his quarterbacks. Let me ask you something real quick. I'm going to start this off right off the bat. Yes, Joe Van Gogh is not his real name. Okay, that's not what I was going to ask. Oh. Um, <laughs> you draft Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. This is early in the season, obviously, early in the drafting season. Would you then ignore a backup quarterback, or would you still try to get one? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably grab one, I'm guessing. All right. There are waivers for the, for the classics before the season starts, right? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I, I, the thing is, I've never been in this position. I've never drafted a quarterback this early where I've, I've had to decide whether or not to, to draft a backup. But in any event, he does draft a backup here. I mean, I'm just looking at, like, the 20th-round picks that got selected. And out of all those, there's not really many that I'm that interested in. Except for, like, Hunter Renfro. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's a good pick in Hunter the 20th. Hunter Renfro, that's I like that. I could, I could take him. So, that, so, if that was my option, if I, you know, if it was Renfro or a backup quarterback and I had one of those guys, maybe I would take Renfro. All right. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, all right. So, his running backs after Mahomes and Bridgewater. Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Kishon Vaughn, Kerryon Johnson, Duke Johnson, Damian Harris, DJ Dallas, Lynn Bowden, and Dare Ogunbowale. Wide receivers are DJ Chark. Debo Samuel, Darius Slayton, McCole Hartman, Sammy Watkins, tight ends Dallas Godward, uh, Goddard, and Mike Gesicki. Uh, Dave, I'm not a huge fan of, of the tight ends, but Gesicki is your backup. Um, I, I, I think in the eighth round is fine. Love the running backs. The receivers yeah, he seems are. Like a, he seems like he picked off value at running back like all over the place. Like Kerry Johnson oh, yeah. in the ninth, Duke Johnson in the twelfth. Even like Damian Harris, I mean – he had hardly any carries, but in the 14th round, I don't know. And I know he's a rookie, too, but DJ Dallas it was drafted in the fourth round by Seattle, and their top two running backs are coming off season-ending right. injuries, including one that might knock Rashad Penny out for a good portion of this season as well. Plus, DJ Dallas is a cool name. That is a cool it's name. It's like the opposite of Justin Herbert. He's like, hey, my name is Herbert. I'm going to be yeah. a Pro Bowl quarterback. I don't think so. Yeah, it's like uh, Herbert would not be invited to the party that's, that's where DJ Dallas is performing. Yeah, he'd you know be at what the I mean? party that like the guy from Ghostbusters, the accountant held. <laughs> oh, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to throw this <laughs> for my clients every single year. It's a write-off. It's yeah, it's a write-off for me. Um, well, I'm writing clients instead of friends. <laughs> well, I would just want to see if you wanted to come over, Dana. <laughs> that Peter Venkman, he's a bad seed. All right. Anyway, so his receivers were not great. That that's my issue with this team. Yeah, I mean they're and that. It, he had an option to take other other players. I like Chark and Samuel. I think they're both fine players. Yeah. But then, then beyond that, you're kind of dropping off. He did get Hardman and Watkins, hoping one of those two kind of did something. But, but again, it it's like a like best ball gonna, type. You yeah, know. it doesn't sound like he's going to be he's going to be starting four receivers anytime yeah. soon. Uh, before we get to more analysis, let's go back to the phone lines and, and go to the six one seven and, and uh, welcome in another guest here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, to whom are we speaking right now? Hello, you're speaking to Jake. I'm in the uh, Revelations draft team run the table yes you are jake how far along is revelations right now we are now almost halfway through the 18th round all right so you're wrapping things up here pretty quickly is so this like jake the commissioner no jake venuti run no, the table no. is is no. is drafting right. for it tonight all right so jake let's um let, let's talk about uh sort of your strategy going in basically you you kind of knew who was going to be on the table for you uh at, with the fourth overall pick um, talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about why you went with who you went with there. Pick overall. That's, um, yes, sir. 
I went Dalvin, I, I went Dalvin Cook, and I was honestly thinking Derrick Henry for a little bit, but I like Cook, especially in PPR, and I was uh, definitely fine with that pick. But I did get sniped in the fourth by Ron, Ron Meyer. Now, who did he take in the fourth round that, that he sniped you on? He, um, so he took – in the four, fourth round, I actually went Adam Thielen, and I was debating him or James Conner. But I already went Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, Todd Gurley. So I just decided to go Thielen as my wide receiver, too, which I like, thinking Connor would possibly make it back. But now looking back on the draft, I should have went Connor in round four. You know, and I don't think Thielen's a bad pick. Obviously, you don't either since you were the one who made it. But with no digs there, I mean, could we see a resurgence in Adam Thielen this year where he's getting, you know, 120 targets and, and taking advantage and maybe turning in a 90-catch season? Well, honestly, I think that Thielen could have like close to like 130 or 140 targets. I mean, with Big Gun and the offense will definitely pass more than they did last year. I really like I finish as a wide receiver one like easily. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. There's a lot of targets that left when when uh, when Diggs left town. We'll we'll see if any you know any more of those go to Irv Smith. I, I know they want to get him involved, but hey, it's Irv Smith versus Adam Thielen. They know where their bread is buttered. Jake, when you look back up uh, 18 rounds of picks tonight. Which one was your favorite pick that you made uh, of all the selections thus far? My favorite pick, honestly, I, I think my favorite pick was Matt Breida in the eighth round as my RB3. I really like that pick. I think he could easily put up um, running back two numbers, a low-end RB2. But You know, I, and I'm with you. I think that's a great pick. Uh, he, he fell to the ninth uh, in, um, in Apocalypse. He's going on average at the 803. Why do you think people are, are, are sleeping on Matt Breida? Is it just that they still think he's in San Francisco, or, or what's the deal? Because this guy could make some damage or could create, create some damage in that Dolphins backfield. I really don't know why people are sleeping on him. I mean, they do have Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard and Matt Breida are two different players. Matt Breida is like a speedster, and Jordan Howard's more of a power back. But it could be maybe because he's on Miami, or I don't know. But Miami did just draft some offensive linemen. They – they, uh, they got Parker and Williams. They have Fitzpatrick, who's just going to sling the ball around until Tua starts, if Tua starts. But I like Breida, and especially in a PPR league. I mean, as my running back three with what was left on the board, I, I was completely fine with that. I'll take him in the eighth round all day. Talking with Jake Venuti, who's drafting fourth in the Revelations draft tonight. Jake, what was, uh, what, was there any surprises, anything that, that you didn't expect to see in, among your fellow Revelations drafters tonight? Probably Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at pick um, in round two, pick one. I was very surprised to see that. Yeah, I mean, and 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 this is and I was talking about this earlier in the program that that's where I was seeing him go on Friday night and and Saturday drafts last weekend uh, because people were so excited about him. You know, I and I we talked with Dave earlier about this. I get the thrill with it. Um, but but at the same time, Damian Williams is still there, and he's still a rookie. Are, are there any rookie running backs that you're necessarily excited about strictly for 2020, Jake? Um, honestly, my favorite rookie for where I could get him would probably be Cam Akers because the Rams did draft him early, and they had Henderson, and I don't really know why they would draft Akers that early if they had the trust in Henderson. So, honestly, he would probably be my favorite for where he's going. Um, in drafts. I, I like him around the sixth round as like an RB3, but maybe a low-end RB2 for right now. 
Yeah, I know there, there's some people out there that, that have said that they think he is going to lead uh, this year's rookie running back class in fantasy points, at least for 2020. I don't know if I'm willing to jump on that bandwagon quite yet, but it will be interesting to see how it turns out because I like Cam Akers as far as his draft value goes as well. Jake, listen, man, we really appreciate uh, you calling in tonight and chatting with us. Uh, good luck the rest of the way in Revelations. Thanks so much, Ben. All right, thank you. Have a great night. Jake Venuti, ladies and gentlemen, drafting fourth in Revelations as they wrap up their draft there shortly. We are going to wrap up our coverage here of Apocalypse as we get into uh, the sixth team tonight. That is Kevin Bassaker, the Kobe's crew, uh, who is drafting sixth tonight. Dave, we look at his team. It's Russell Wilson and Jared Goff at the signal caller position. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Leonard Fournette, Cam Akers, Ronald Jones, Jalen Samuels, and Jalen Richard. Uh, are the running backs, receivers, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Henry Ruggs, John Brown, Rashad Perriman, Alshon Jeffrey, and then tight ends, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, and Greg Olson. Harrison Bucker is the kicker, and the Bills are the defense. Uh, Devin Funches, I should say, is also on this team at receiver. Um, team construction-wise, I don't really necessarily have any issues with this. I think it's a pretty well-put-together team. I think with you, or with, with something you said um, previously, I, don't, I think I would have gone with different players here. Um, I'm not – you know, it's so funny because Drake went in the sixth slot in both Genesis and Apocalypse, but he was one round later in Apocalypse. Uh, Leonard Fournette, again, I, I, I don't have the greatest feeling about this year, but Cam Akers I really like in the fifth. And then those tight ends are pretty good too with Higby, Hooper, and Olsen. Yeah, I like the team overall, actually. I even thought Jeffrey in the 14th round was a solid value. Um, I'm not really sure – how well Ruggs is going to do necessarily, but I, you know, I, I like this team quite a bit. It worked out. I thought it worked out well. Russell Wilson sandwiched between Higby and Cooper, and he really solidified both those positions right there. Alshon Jeffrey, I just, I don't get, you know, um, Jalen Rieger is a rookie. He is not going to be a godsend this year. And Alshon Jeffrey, granted, will probably miss time, but he is going to be a factor out there in this passing offense. I did a draft, a, couple of weeks ago and I, I took him in like the 18th or 19th round. I'm like, what did, did he die? I don't understand this. Like this is great value for him. Even Alshon Jeffrey here in the 14th round, that's fantastic value as his number what six receiver. Good job on you, Kevin Bassiger. That looks good. All right, let's uh, shift over to Liz Ballard's team drafting at the uh, seven spot. Uh, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback running backs are Chris Carson, James Conner, Damian Williams, Zach Moss, Devontae Freeman, and Jarek McKinnon. Wide receivers Tyree Kill, Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy, Robbie Anderson, Denzel Mims, and Deshaun Jackson. Tight ends Travis Kelsey, Jonu Smith, and Will Disley. Okay, um, breaking this down here, I like the first two receivers, Dave. After that, it gets kind of shaky for me. Uh, as far as running backs go, I think that's a, that's a pretty good trio for not taking one until round four. Uh, but then after that, I have question marks about Moss, uh, obviously Freeman, who's without a team. And, you know, McKinnon's a fine value late. So uh, the depth, I guess, I worry about at running back and receiver on this team. Otherwise, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I, still, I don't really care for the receivers after the top two. I think she did well at the running back position, getting veterans, like, you know, like you said, four, five, six. Carson Connor Williams. Probably two of those three are going to amount to being pretty decent. I mean, you'd think or hope. Um, Kelsey's obviously a great pick. Uh, quarterbacks are fine. Uh, 
You know, it's a returning champ, so I can't dig on this team right. too much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's uh, go to pound for pound. Wayne Ferguson, longtime player in the uh, FFPC as well as these early classics. He goes with Josh Allen and Carson Wentz at his quarterbacks. Uh, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams are his running backs. Wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman, D.D. Westbrook, Larry Fitzgerald, Randall Cobb, and Hunter Renfro, and uh, tight ends Eric Ebron, Jay Sternberger. For waiting on tight end in the FFPC to get Ebron and Sternberger starting in round 11, I think it's pretty good work. Uh, the trio of running backs he kicked off the draft with, I think, are really good. I, I, I just I look at, you know, Ridley is, is, is fine and Allen's good uh, in the fifth. But did you notice how many number two receivers he has on his team, uh, like on their NFL teams? Ridley, Gallup, Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman, Westbrook, Fitzgerald, Cobb. Renfro, I guess, is technically number four, but he's probably or number three, but he's probably going to be number two in targets in Oakland. Um, I don't necessarily know if I have any fantasy analysis on that. I just think it's interesting that he went with, with all those number two receivers. Uh, this is a solid team. It, he needs one of those tight ends to come through. I'm a big Sternberger guy. Uh, running back should carry him, and, and, and if he hits on a couple of these receivers, not named Ridley or Allen, who I think he did hit on, uh, this would be a competitive team. Yeah, I kind of like his team, actually. Um, even though he waited, like you said, super long at tight end, the thing about a lot of the players he grabbed, no, not all of them, but a lot of them is that they're just on good offenses. I mean, like Ebron and Sternberger are these so-called garbage tight ends, but they're on pretty good offenses. And then, you know, Ridley, you know, Allen, not this year necessarily, but, you know, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones. I mean, there's a there's some good offenses. There's going to be a lot of points being scored off of the team's that off the teams that he has those number two receivers on. So he's, uh, he'll, I think he's going to do pretty well. And the running backs are great. Yeah, they really are. Um, you know, even uh, we talked to Liz Ballard earlier. Uh, she was surprised at how much Miles Sanders is climbing up boards, but I think deservedly so. Uh, I know you're a little bit less bullish on him, but I think at the 108, that's fine. Um, all right, let's go to Larry Jilton's team. He is uh, drafting at the nine spot here tonight. And he went with Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow, the rookie uh, out of LSU as his yeah. quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, Raheem Mostert, James White, Antonio Gibson, Naheem Hines, and Adrian Peterson. Receivers, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamison Crowder, Golden Tate, and Chase Claypool. Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, and Jack Doyle are his tight ends. Uh, Matt Gay is the kicker, and uh, the Vikings are the defense. Um, Thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just being, being thorough. Um, I like the tight ends on this team. Uh, to get a trio where Jack Doyle is your number three, that's really, really good. Uh, after Raheem Mostert, I guess James White is your number four isn't, isn't, isn't bad. It, Gibson, who knows? He's kind of a wild card. Um, Hines should catch passes. Peterson is Peterson. Uh, and then the receiver depth is, is not good. Justin Jefferson is your three. Crowder's your number four, and, and Golden Tate and Chase Claypool, I don't think you're going to get much from them this year. So receivers have to come through, but he's pretty top-heavy with Henry and Eckler. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I think you're pretty much right on with almost everything you said. I mean, really. I mean, uh, I think Golden Tate in the 14th, he might do something. And Naheem Hines, with all the talk about you know Taylor and all the talk about Marlon Mack, you still need someone to catch passes on third down. And it, Neither one of those other two right. guys are really someone they're looking towards. So I think Hines is still going to be a productive back of some sort. Top 36, probably. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I actually picked him as uh, my number five running back in a league 
uh, last week, and I still feel really good about it. This is pre pre Taylor, and I still feel pretty good about yeah. it. Um, okay, Doomsday one. That is Chris Flint's team picking at the ten spot tonight. Dave, he went with Deshaun Watson and Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, Jordan Howard, Tevin Coleman, Chase Edmonds at running back. Receivers are Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs, uh, Devontae Parker, Jalen Rieger, Curtis Samuel, Allen Lazard, Mohamed Sanu, and Devin Duvernay. Then you have uh, tight end George Kittle, Hayden Hurst, and Tyler Eifert. Um, I'm concerned with the depth at receiver and running back on this team. I think his tight ends are going to be fine. I like his quarterbacks. Um, does he have enough receivers? Does he have enough you know, good running backs? It, that, that's the question. Well, you're right, but also look at what he got by sacrificing depth at running back to receiver. He gets George Kittle and Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's a very tough combination to put together and still have pretty good starting running backs and receivers, and I think he did a nice job with that. Mixon, Bell, you get Jordan Howard, who I was dogging on earlier, but he is still a player. Allen Robinson, Diggs, and Parker, and then Watson, Kittle, and Hurst is your backup or your, you know, your flex guy. That's pretty solid. I like this team. Le'Veon Bell's current ADP is the 308. He gets selected at the 303 tonight. Um, 310. 3, 310. I'm an idiot. Uh, tonight he goes at 310. I, I'm not a big Bell guy. I think I might be a big Bell guy this year at that price, though. To get a guy like that who's going to touch the ball that much in the late third makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, last, you know, he had taken that time off. And so last year could be an aberration. Bell could be back and better than ever. We don't know for sure. We don't. Alex P. Keaton, we do know, was picking 11th tonight. That is Daryl Wall's franchise, former guest of the show. Uh, quarterbacks, he went with, uh, am I seeing this right? He just went with Drew Locke. Yeah, not a bad way to do it. Go bold or go home. It's not Andrew Luck. It's Drew Locke. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Uh, he also goes with Nick Chubb, uh, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Marlon Mack, Reichwell Armstead, Justin Jackson, Darrington Evans uh, at running back. Wide receivers are Devontae Adams, Mari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Mike Williams, C.D. Lamb, uh, Brian and Ayuk, and Brian Edwards at receiver. Tight ends are Noah Fant, Gerald Everett, and David Njoku. For waiting at, uh, on tight end, I like what he did there. Uh, the top three receivers I really like. Um, I, I you know, say what you will about the lock pick, but this is a total bulky move to, to <laughs> wait and only draft one quarterback and then have it just be Drew Locke. That's a sucky one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think Drew Locke sucks. I think he's he's given a lot of pretty good tools this year. Uh, and then running back. Okay, Drew, Drew Locke went two rounds ahead of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so, well I may, I probably well yeah because Big Ben I was obviously taking Roethlisberger over Locke. <laughs> you know my affinity for him. Um, but a lot of handcuffs at running back here with Evans. Jackson, Armstead, Marlon Mack, you can make the case. Uh, David Montgomery, he's not really a handcuff. He should be the guy there. And then Dobbins. Um, so, again, if, if one of these running backs hits after an injury, uh, he could get some pretty good value. I, um, you know, I don't – again, I, I feel like this is – I guess the only thing I probably would have done differently is I wouldn't have probably gone as rookie heavy as he did. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think there's a few too many rookies, and I think that a lot of them are going to end up just – sitting parked on his bench because of the fact that there's not going to be much of a training camp. So I just feel like they're not going to get much done. Although you never know. Someone's got to hit uh, Brian Edwards in the 19th round. Super value there. In my opinion, I think right. that was a really good pick. I do too. Uh, we should, you know, we should ask the Studebakers about uh, Brian Edwards, especially uh, Brian Studebaker who turned me on to Debo Samuel last year, uh, the South Carolina rookie. Brian Edwards is another one this year. That I think is going to be pretty good. All right, let's wrap things up with John Fetty's professionals picking at the 12 spot tonight. He goes with Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. 
Running backs Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Justice Hill. Receivers DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, uh, Jarvis Landry, AJ Green, Preston Williams, and T. Higgins. Tight ends are Zach Ertz and Irv Smith. Dave, like the receivers, I think the uh, I, I'm cool with the tight ends. I think it was overkill taking Cousins. I think Breeze and Rodgers were, were enough. Um, Breeze might have been enough, quite frankly, after we saw what Darrell Wall did with just their uh, true lock. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I thought this was, you know, he didn't draft a lot of receivers. I, he, I excluded John Ross and Corey Davis. I guess he, he added those guys late too. Um, but I like this team. Uh, it, you know, it, it, I guess the thing is you got to be careful with Singletary and Ingram uh, not losing their spots. Uh, as the leading rushers there, uh, if they hold that, th- this is a championship-level team as as far as Apocalypse is concerned. I think the nice thing is he's doing the opposite of some of the other players. The only rookie he drafted I can see is T. Higgins, uh, unless there was one late. Nope. Um, so you have all these veterans that have played, you know, Hopkins, D.J. Moore, Landry, A.J. Green, Preston Williams, second-year player. They'll, that could be an elite wide receiver core. And if Devin, you know, Devin Singletary, Ingram – Aaron Jones, all they have to do is keep their jobs, which seems likely. And Lindsey, granted, no, he has to deal with Melvin Gordon, but nevertheless, he's a good player, and he's still going to get touches, at least 30% of them. So I, I, I like this team a lot. Yeah, like you said, Reason Rogers is like a cornucopia. It's, I, 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 this is kind of where I would like to be. Like, leaving yeah. the rookies alone and drafting a lot of the redraft guys that are falling. And he gets that Patriots defense that, you know, Bill Belichick will whip into shape. And I say that tongue-in-cheek only a little bit because he yeah, – who were we talking about earlier tonight about Sony Michelle? That was Shane Hallam. And he said, look, if I know Bill Belichick, he is going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball without yeah, – uh, and, and, and have the count on the defense, yeah. right? So you'd think that the Patriots defense, who was – people were talking about the Patriots defense the first eight or nine weeks as being an historic fantasy yeah. football defense. You know that they could be pretty good again this year. I'm sure that, yeah, the first thing they're going to do when they're talking to Jared Sidham is like, hey, hey coach, am I, am I going to work on the, you know, the route tree, the passing – well, no. First of all, we're going to work on you managing the four-minute clock so we always get an extra possession at the end of the first half. Right. That's, long, that's most important. The longest, the longest pass you throw this year will be a pitch to James White. Pretty much, yeah. So Sometimes it, it'll be forward, a lot of times not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hopefully we took you uh, forward with our draft coverage tonight. We're going to wrap things up uh, right now. I want to thank all of our callers tonight, Dustin Hayek, Brent Studebaker, Brian Studebaker, Todd Burroughs, Shane Hallam, Liz Ballard, Rob Marshall, Eric Sisson, and, of course, Jake Venuti. Uh, I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for tuning in for this live draft coverage tonight. As a reminder, uh, social media, the FFPC, HSFFO, um, Facebook and Twitter, we're going to get these boards posted up within the next 24 hours there. Uh, so you'll be able to check out the final draft boards from all three leagues. Uh, and um, next week, yes, next week we are live at 10-9 Central. And our guest is going to be three-time Dynasty champ and Genesis drafter. He was drafting out of the 101 spot tonight. It was Stuart Keen, and he's going to be on our show next week, next Friday at 10-9 Central. Remember to register for the FFPC main event. Uh, all the best ball, best ball slims, and dynasty leagues going on at myffpc.com. We get a midnight draft coming up in roughly an hour. Seven spots left, according to the Dizzle. So make sure you're jumping into that. And um, football guys drafts all weekend. Dynasty drafts, I think we have startups going Sunday. Uh, so get in on the uh, Football Guys Players Championship early bird as well. Good luck in your rookie draft. Stay healthy and safe. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. 
Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in Oh, really? I didn't know that. Uh, hey, as long as we're talking about Dynasty Leagues, want to give a warm welcome to uh, a new Dynasty player in one of our private Dynasty Leagues that David and I are in together. It's Tupacker, who, is, who joined our Gridiron Legends League, and I believe I got a trade <laughs> offer from him. Haven't, haven't checked it out yet, but I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Oh, does he have Will Fuller? He does not. Oh. Uh, I, this might have been a draft pick only um, a draft pick only uh, mm. uh, trade. I, I, I got to look it up. Uh, so I'm going to go home and commission that, that midnight draft. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, the uh, draft, the live stream, uh, the live stream on YouTube will be cut off here shortly, but we'll get all those draft boards posted for you and good luck in all your rookie drafts tomorrow. Everybody certainly appreciate you hanging out with us for two hours tonight. We'll talk again next week. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.